my, my grandpa's driving. We're in this nasty fucking beater Chevy van. And I'm just sitting there quiet. My hands are clenched. Like my heart's beating. I remember this very vividly. And he like, he stops at this gas station. He's like, do you want like a soda or something? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> he, he comes around to the other side and he opens up the car. He's like, what's wrong? <laughs> and I'm like, look, everyone in that story that accepted Jesus dropped dead. Are we about to die? And he's like, oh, you just don't understand story. I get it. Um, no, we're not about to die. I mean, maybe, but not, <laughs> not because we said that prayer. Um, he's like, and that's, on, and your grandfather died of a heart attack ever. right then and there. And that's what that would have been the worst fucking time for him to drop dead in front of me. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Check you in the hospital now. Everybody, we are back with another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Sam. I'm Casey. And <laughs> so, to crazy, like random, random. Now I feel like I'm like introing like a Family Guy bit. Oh my god, it's so random, bro. Uh, no, but uh, coincidence tonight. So, uh, I'm on summer vacation now, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. I don't have to think about waking up for a monday um aren't you like but, don't teachers like sharpen pencils all summer or something like that yeah we just study curriculum we uh i'm you just spend- trying to i'm gonna spend an entire summer trying to figure out like how to make next year perfect and flawless spending a t- an entire summer like pulling biblical prophecy out of uh social studies texts yeah i'm i'm trying to make the bible accessible uh, so I'm just like going to pull a bunch of parallels, but like, have it be adjacent enough where it's not, um, I won't get reamed out for working in a public school, but I'm still trying to figure out how to properly indoctrinate, uh, the students in my caseload. Yeah. Well, luckily you can just kind of try them out. You know, if you, uh, if it goes poorly, you can just toss a few out the window. Yeah. Well, I am on the second story, so it, and the dumpster is like right below my window, so you can just drop them straight into the garbage too. It really works out yeah. pretty good. There's so many kids. Yeah, we don't need them all. Uh, certainly, there's like 360 in my school alone, and it's just through first grade. So what are we really doing? Like we need to thin the herd a little bit. Um, so, uh, friends of ours are out my way for like a birthday party for someone, and they're like, they they uh, there's a a brewery like a town over from me uh and it's fine it's like a good place to hang out that's the thing about like that's where like the brewery status is at now where it's like everyone's any any dipshit can like brew a beer i guess like they're just popping up everywhere um most places are like if you're bad you just don't really make it there's two there's there's two in my like area, probably like a 20 mile radius that are just absolute trash. And it's astounding that they still exist. Cause I've been to a couple of them, those couple, a couple of times and you just take a sip and it's like almost undrinkable. It's bad. It's really awful. 
And it doesn't make sense that in like in a capitalist society, they continue to exist, but there's plenty that like what makes it work is like, it's a cool establishment. So there's one that's on a farm. Um, and that's the one. So the one I went to tonight, it's on a farm. They do Christmas trees. They do like, they do all sorts of shit all year round. And they just decided to like do a fucking brewery too, because like farms like to do that and their beer is fine. So like, it's like a good place to go with the kids, whatever you hang out. Uh, they have like this big event area um, of way from where the barn is and where they do like the actual, like where people go to drink and like hang out and get pizzas and shit. So you go down this path and down that path is like where they do events. So like a lot of weddings happen down there. Um, but tonight uh, we just happen to show up when they're doing uh, a, what is called connect fest and it's a evangelical christian concert and oh cool it was pretty fucking awesome you could just <laughs> you didn't hear a lot of, i didn't hear so i wasn't i didn't go down to the event i should have uh last year they did this and i wished i had gone and i thought about going this year um because my friend sent it to me and i was like oh i should like I should go and just do like some Instagram live shit and have like, just have fun down there uh, checking out this Christian concert. And I think it's so funny to even call it a concert. It's like, there's probably like eight people on the bill and I'm pretty sure it's just like, you're basically just having eight cover bands come and do Christian music. Like, they're, none of these people are writing their own music. You're like hearing shit that you've heard before. It's a lot of vocalizing. So like, even though it's down a hill and through the woods, like you can hear it. And it's just a lot of ooh-ahs and hey and alleluias. And it's just like, everything sounds... They, the they're playing like thing. praise music? Yes, 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 yes. Oh God, why? And then there's like the breaks and there's some like sermonizing in between songs and shit like that. And it's entirely free because it's ministry, right? So they want to get a bunch of people to go. But I think it's funny that they do this at a brewery because it's like, I mean, Christians are still on the fence about drinking. Uh, I think around here, most it's maybe less on the fence than in the South. Uh, Cause we don't have, it's more non-denominational up here, not Southern Baptist. Um, Southern Baptists seem to like they're fine with drinking, but if you work at a Southern Baptist church, you really have to sign a contract that says you won't. But if you're a parishioner and you do, people just like not give you a bunch of shit about it as long as they don't see you like drunk in public or something like that. They're like, well, because they also love, you know, freedom and privacy and like, well, what a man does in their own home, what am I supposed to? I, I'm not going to police that. So there's, you kind of have to like balance your Christian convictions with your love of freedom in America. And that's, that can be challenging when it comes to alcohol. I feel like uh, Christians have settled into the place where Mormons are, where it's like <laughs> you're against drinking, but you just kind of lie about it. it. Perfect. Yeah. I think that's where everybody like, needs to be. And it's not a real lie. You know what they, what, what, what I call it um, in Christian, it's like, there's lies. It's uh, lies of commission and lies of omission, right? So some lies you just commit. You you tell a bold faced lie, but some lies you just omit the truth, and that is the same as lying. And guess what? It still sends you to hell. <laughs> that sounds awful, but I would go if it was like if they were going to be playing like pillar covers. I would go. 
They weren't. It was like David Crowder shit. Oh, Steven God, Crowder. I hate it. Steven Crowder, David Crowder. I always confuse my Crowders now. I don't know. Both both bad. Steven Crowder <laughs> is the watch it, watch it. That's Steven Crowder. Yeah, okay. So we're talking David Crowder, and he's the one with the long goatee. Yeah. And like the I youth pastor the... glasses, the thin youth pastor glasses. He was like idol status when we were at Liberty. Yeah. Like all the people that were in youth ministry and praise and worship degrees and whatnot, like they just loved David Crowder. Oh, yeah. They really did. Um, I love yeah. the idea of playing like, like setting up a brewery and just making it like a total yuppie trap where you it, like the setting is cool. It has a patio with like uh, tea lights. Yeah. stretched over a pergola oh like solar lights twinkle lights what are they called everyone calls them different shit do you have the like candles axe throwing or something like that that attract that like you need some canned fun that nobody yeah. really enjoys but they go do it anyway like it's a thing that you do to make it through a double date with people you don't like yeah and then you gotta have like a giant connect four uh, you know oh and, that's uh, a good one yeah that's cl- you need that you need it and uh you oh, need uh, like painting like a mural of butterfly wings on a wall yeah. that people can stand in front of and take instagram just, just make the, it like a total like just nashville just, rip it's like a the box stuck on the it's like a box and stick trap for like 30 somethings and then you just like you go out of your way to make the most disgusting beer possible. Yeah, it's it's like you boil down Nashville into a brewery, and that's <laughs> <laughs> and Austin same yeah. way. I, I, that's everyone I've ever known who's gone to Nashville takes pictures in front of these like these specific wings. And oh, yeah, that's that's all there is. Yeah, what else? It's is literally there? just like a series of places to take photos of yourself pretending to have fun. Yeah. And then you puke on the sidewalk. Yeah. Well, you're having fun because it's like it's only fun taking pictures in front of things in front of pictures if you're wasted. Otherwise, yep. it's like a photo in front of a photo in front of a, you just do like that inception where you're like, let's take a picture of me holding a mirror. And it's like an infinite look through. It's, <laughs> it's fun. It's hilarious. It's like inception. Um, but. Either way, had a good time. Got to listen to some Christian music tonight. Uh, it maybe next year I'll go for real. Uh, do some man on the street interviews with some awesome people at uh, Connect, Connect Fest. Fest. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Well, okay. So, boy, how do I start this? So you you know what my. Uh, instagram algorithm has turned it to yeah how do i <laughs> it's just, the internet it's knows just, you love people with an iq of less than 40 let's put yeah, it that way <laughs> it's, it's literally turned into it's like animal videos uh war footage that you might have to scroll past quickly because there might be somebody dying in it and then People just, just stapling like, their testicles to a cork board. <laughs> People who shouldn't live on their own. You know? <laughs> yeah. So one such person that's popped up and I really enjoy 
is uh, a guy named Third Eagle. Have you heard of him? I no, I haven't. Unless you've already sent me videos from him, and I've just like haven't paid attention to the handle name. I'm guessing that you. I'm guessing that a lot of people listening to this have seen Third Eagle before. So he, he so he calls himself. He has two titles that he calls himself. He's Third Eagle of the Pro, of the Apocalypse and Co Prophet of the End Times. All right, Co Prophet. Co Prophet. Because the Holy Spirit always works through two people. For example, and I'm I'm taking this straight from his website. For example, uh, the gift of tongues is not useful unless there's someone there to interpret. And also, uh, it takes a man and a woman to make a baby. Therefore, the Holy Spirit works in twos. All right. Now, he also says that he doesn't claim to be the only co-prophet right now. Uh, because there's a verse in the book of Revelation that's like something about your sons and daughters will prophesy. So there could be lots of them. They only He only works in twos, and there could also be a lot of them. So you leave yourself some wiggle room. So I'm going to play you a piece from Third okay. Eagle that Hell maybe yeah. it might jog uh, your memory. I've got, a, I've got a few of them here. We may not get to all of these, but here, here's the start. Doom and gloom coming soon. Listen to Third Eagle's tune. Doom and gloom. God is telling us the end is coming soon. Very soon. You'll see signs up in the sun and stars and moon. Doom and gloom. Very soon. Rapture comes at night or noon. Doom and gloom. Very soon. If you're ready, you will meet the bride and groom. The church in Christ. I love it. That's amazing. Amazing. That's only the first first. And like most uh, sanctioned by the Holy Spirit hymns, there's about eight verses to it. That's incredible. Yeah, so he's an old Catholic guy from Osage, Iowa. And he... So he has a great about me page on his YouTube channel. Um, he talks about how, well, okay, first off on the homepage, it talks about who, you know, like what third Eagle media is. This is third, third Eagle media.com. If you want to check it out. Um, but this is the warning that's posted on the front page of his website. It says, for all those persons who do not have the gift of discerning whether the Eucharist is valid in a particular parish, the time is now to start praying to Jesus to ask him for the gift of discernment. You need to determine whether the Eucharist is valid in any one parish before receiving communion. Please pray silently. Do not speak this prayer out loud, for the evil one will hear it, and he may give you a false answer. Oh, that's that's a new take on praying out loud, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I think all prayers should be silent. To no, be me honest. too. I love this angle. <laughs> all public prayers should really be a moment of silence, and that would that would alleviate about eight percent of the total tension in this country. I think, and eighty percent of the voices you hear in Cracker Barrel. <laughs> 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 it's such a good point. <laughs> so 
Uh, it's okay. So his about me starts out when I retired from Ethan Allen furniture in June of 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally picture this guy selling you fucking sectionals. That's for sure. Oh, he's definitely okay. You walk into the furniture store. You're immediately greeted by a man that looks like he despises you. Yeah. He sells you a lamp. And then as he's ringing you up, tells you that the lampshade is sold separately. Yeah. <laughs> or you go in and you're just trying to like get some ideas and he comes up to you every 45 seconds on the dot and he's like nice couch huh did you notice the feet <laughs> like dude i i really i just need a moment to look okay well we have financing available like thank it comes you. in I 42 different fabrics <laughs> now we will we give you a three-year limited warranty on this thing but only if you buy the 250 dollars fabric protection kit which is a squirt bottle with water in it <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh it's a squirt bottle with vanishing ink <laughs> it looks like you're spraying shit on your couch and it magically disappears and you're like that's the protection it's invisible <laughs> just just tomato sauce um so he talks about how he uh expected to just like fill up his days with sculpting and bass fishing uh he had no immediate family and was in good health he says little did i know that almighty god had much bigger plans for me so he then goes on to talk about how he really liked wwcr worldwide christian radio which he listened to on shortwave, of course. And uh, he decided that, like, he was, okay, so he was listening to this guy named Tex Mars. He says uh, he expressed a totally outrageous interpretation of the book of Esther. I thought he can't possibly be right in saying that Esther prophesies an end times takeover of the world by the Jews. Okay. <laughs> this is shortwave radio i mean that's what's out there it's this and reptilians <laughs> uh, so he went through made his own interpretation and he thought like how did i know that esther was about the end times and therefore concluded that he must be a prophet he says that he applied for a radio spot and he got the spot right before uh tex mars um, but he wasn't getting eno- enough donations to pay for the at- the you know airtime. So he kind of I think he w- I think he bought a half hour segment on this radio thing. <laughs> and uh, oh man, there's there's a part here where he's okay. He says I had also decided that in order to write out cogent scripts, I needed a computer. My sister allowed me to use her Macintosh, but when I decide <laughs> to get my own... I haven't heard so called a Macintosh since I was fucking seven years old. <laughs> I guarantee you, like, whatever Macintosh he was working on, like, the plug doesn't fit into the outlets on our walls nowadays. <laughs> it still has the build of, like, a 1985 television set where it's just blown out the back. It's It's got that, like, that clear orange color or teal or whatever color it is that you want it's a perfectly square screen that has like a three inch convex like lens on it you know <laughs> and it weighs 400 pounds and your dad 
makes you help him move it like every summer. The screen is actually still that rounded glass. If you tap on it, it just goes, <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Like you, you can just tell that it's thick. It's so thick. <laughs> um, he says, I opted for a beautiful iMac desktop model. One day I was experimenting. My own face suddenly appeared on the monitor. I said, what's this? I had no idea my computer could record video, much less make movies. At about the same time, one of my nephews was visiting, and he said, Uncle Bill, do you know that you are on the internet? I thought at first it must be some kind of free trial that came with my purchase, but it turned out I was piggybacking on wireless signals from the town of Forestport offices next door. To make a well, long story short... They were short, not very secure. You could have hacked their system pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to know what else he was doing with that Wi-Fi signal. Yeah. <laughs> He's just making prophecy videos and downloading the Anarchist Cookbook over and over again. <laughs> who, who is he pulling the signal from? Public what? The Town of Forestport offices. Yeah, so... The next door to him. The Town of Forestport offices definitely had an FBI raid or two based on his search history. <laughs> <laughs> the town of Forestport hasn't gotten to the point now where they do radio signal ankle bracelets, so he had to live <laughs> in the apartment next door. <laughs> it's literally like a hole in the wall with a chain. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he goes on to uh, to say a lot of crazy things, but he talks about like how he got his title and. Uh, so he calls himself Third Eagle of the Apocalypse. I love that. I don't know where he got that from, but somehow What's the first he's... and second eagle. Do we know? Uh, Saint Bernardino, Bernardino of Siena and Saint Vincent Ferrer <laughs> no from the 15th century. Uh, both warned Europe back in the late 15th century about the first woe, which was the breakup of Christianity. Um. St. Bernardino expressly warned about the plague of locusts in Revelation 9, which we now know was caused by Martin Luther and his followers. Luther is the star which falls from heaven and is a precursor of the false prophet. That's weird because it feels like him and Luther have a lot in common in how they might feel about Jewish people. Because they just freestyling and talking about Jews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he th- didn't think that Esther was about the Jews taking over. But like, Martin Luther got one thing right, and it had nothing to do with Christianity. Like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. So he says, I have determined that my role as the third of these eagles is to warn primarily about the second woe, World War III. All right. I mean, let's be fair. People have been assuming that's on the event horizon Pretty much every year since I was a child, everyone's never stopped talking about World War Three. I feel like making predictions about it at this point is about like sitting at a stoplight and being like, now, now, green, green. Ah, oh, I called it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of on that precipice, it feels. Yeah. Well, um, he has some like very interesting takes on stuff and his youtube channel's been up for a while so 
He's had some prophecies straight from the Lord that didn't exactly come to pass. And he kept those up because he's a man of integrity. <laughs> right. He's not afraid of his past failures. He just like makes new videos about how people misunderstood his previous videos. He had strong feelings about Obama. Let me play you uh, oh my verse, God. verse three of Doom and Gloom. World War Three. don't blame me. Listen to Third Eagle's plea. World War Three. that's the new world order plan for what it's worth. Don't blame me, cause Obama will provoke the king of North. World War Three. don't blame me, you'll have no electricity. World War Three. don't blame me, throw some water, food, and fuel immediately. <laughs> I just love that he said like Obama is pronounced a totally different way by conservative. It's a Obama. Who's the, who's Obama. the king of the north? John Snow, prime minister of Canada, or no? It was uh, no, it was uh, what, what's his face? Which Stark was it that got his guts ripped out? Oh, Tony. you didn't watch? You didn't watch uh, Game Tony of Thrones, Stark? Did you? That, that's that's what it was. Tony Stark's <laughs> King of the North. By uh, Mickey Rourke, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? I think we could add that into the mix. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, like there's a uh, there was a video I was watching right before we started this where he was talking about um, a prophecy by a Jewish teenager that who was saying that Obama would be killed and buried in the land of Israel. And basically okay. like that would end his tenure in office, which I don't think has happened. No, no, I think unless he's been replaced by a body double, uh, I know that's a popular conspiracy theory whenever uh, it's convenient to just say that it's not the original, like you could, if you showed a picture of Obama when he entered office and like four years later, you'd be like, see, it's not the same guy. And you're like, yeah, that's because he's absolutely just war tired. Like, or whatever. he's got <laughs> yeah, war fatigue. He's he beat to death in office. Yeah. Yeah. His, I've never, you've, I don't think it's a president has gone grayer faster than Obama. He got beat up. Yeah. Yeah. Like if there's one president where you're like, look, Right or wrong calls. He loved his drone strikes. Uh, I have some problems here and there. But if you're looking at it, like, <laughs> and, and it's funny that you look at Trump and he didn't change much at all. And that's the mark of a man who doesn't give one fuck about anyone else. It's like to go through four years of presidency and not have it take a toll on you shows that you're a goddamn sociopath. <laughs> and to go in it. By far worse than anyone up until the guy who replaced you. <laughs> well, last this note on great. his music is fantastic. We talked about Buddy Davis on the show, but we should rip clips from Buddy Davis uh, because that's who I immediately thought of. Buddy Davis is the guy who works for like Answers in Genesis, and he dresses like like fucking Sam Neill in Jurassic Park. It's like. Oh man, I think I've seen that guy before. Yeah, he's like he's like a pseudo paleontologist, adventurer, author, songwriter, fucking hack. 
And Why do one like, thing really well when you could do ten things really poorly? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I mean that's been my motto most of my life, so I don't want to be put in the same camp as him. But yeah, same. At least, <laughs> at least I haven't like picked up a guitar and started doing like. I guess you could call it like country folk about how evolution's a lie. Like he's got like 48 songs about how evolution's bullshit. It's cool. He's he's found his, you know, evolution is his muse. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're interested in third Eagle, I am, I'll, I'll I'll rec, I'll recommend a video to you that, Got my because I I've known about this guy for a little while, but the reason that I wanted to talk about him today is because I saw a video that he made on October October fourteenth of twenty one, uh, called "Abba's Return Is a Prophecy of the Rapture." And yes, that I'm talking about, about Abba, like that Abba, Abba the band. All right. <laughs> So he talks about this new song that they put out called Don't Shut Me Down and how it is like end times prophecy done through like basically uh, injected by the Holy Spirit into modern media without playing it backwards. Oh, yeah. No, this is the Holy Spirit works in prophecy forwards, you know, Mm -hmm. timeline. It's linear uh, and he's he can only work on that linear timeline. So I get that. Yeah. It's like 26 minutes long and I watched the whole thing and <laughs> it is, it is like a, a great glimpse into the mind of a 70 something retired furniture salesman turned apocalypse prophet. It's uh it's magical. So you should definitely go check it out and, uh, you know, smash that subscribe button for uh third Eagle books. Like and subscribe, baby. All right. Well, uh, so we had a very fun episode this week with uh, our guests from a, a another podcast, a lot like ours called um, Heretic Social Club. And my buddy Jesse turned me on to these guys uh, a couple months ago. They're just like, these guys are super funny. You should check their show out. And I listened to a few episodes and really liked it. So I was like, man, they were, they were kind of like going through the Bible, like, you know, basically like section by section through the Old Testament, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just sort of goofing on some of the funnier things about it. a lot like we've done, you know, except a lot less jumping around. But uh, they are really funny dudes. Got some mutual friends with us uh, through this whole community and music and stuff like that. And we just had a we had a really fun time, like joking around with them and talking about their backstories and stuff. So um, I think you're going to enjoy it. And you should definitely go check out their podcast, Heretic Social Club. Um, as always, if you like the show, leave us a review wherever you listen to it. Tell a friend about it and join our Discord and hang out in there while we, you know, share memes and, you know, prophesy about World War Three, <laughs> which we've done more of lately. It's yeah, it's hard not to at this point. <laughs> it takes great discipline to not prophesy at this point. So do those things and enjoy our conversation with Heretic Social Club. 
And we're back with our guests, the Heretic Social Club. How are you guys doing? Oh, man, we're doing well. How are you? Just great. And my So one of my best friends sent me your show a couple months ago. And he was like, God, you guys should talk to these guys. I think you would get along super well. And so let's just, you know, I just want to heap some like unnecessary pressure on how the next hour goes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like boundaries really being put on my relationships with people right out i want of things game. to be organic so <laughs> nice to meet you fellas this is grass-fed conversation <laughs> yeah we could uh we we could uh introduce them by name we have uh jason and shauncey with us uh people here's what's funny i feel like when you people are listening to people for the first time mm-hmm. uh sometimes it's hard to distinguish voices apart and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We may confuse a few people here. So okay, let's get listen. let's get a little clip from Jason. Go ahead, Jason. Oh. Hi, I'm Jason. Ooh. And um, yeah, this is Shauncey over here next well, to me. Talk about me. Oh, I'm going my time to talk about you. That's what, how much I love you. Well, I'm going to talk about me too. And then it's going to make me look Fuck weird. Yeah, you'd better. Instead of making you look weird. You're the star of the show. No, I'm not. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> Where, whose house are you guys at right now? My house. <laughs> Yeah, this is Hi, hi, I'm Shanti. I'm. This is my house. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> you got quite the like cadre of uh, animals behind you. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, my grandfather was a taxidermist, so growing up, I just had animals surrounding me at all times, and I finally got to be like the keeper of my grandfather's old taxidermy collection once everybody else had passed away, and I was the only one left that cared. Oh, that's cool. He's waiting on everyone to die off so he could get the deer heads. (laughs) (laughs) Slowly alienated all family members from his grandpa's. They didn't like when I I decided I was atheist anyway. So it it was a natural progression. You could take all the dead shit with you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any goat heads that you had an affinity for? I wish. No, we don't have any goat heads. I have, I have. I have five white-tailed deer, three mule deer, two pronghorn antelope, a coyote, an otter, a peacock, uh, two skunks, a bobcat, <laughs> a deer's butthole that looks like a monkey. <laughs> you, can hear about, you can hear all about that on one of our episodes. <laughs> the the swamp booger, which isn't an, any kind of a, a slur. We found out that you could say swamp booger all you want. No matter how much it sounds like one. Yeah. Definitely. It is one you got to clear first. Yeah, yeah. Definitely sounds like you shouldn't say it, but you're allowed to. We had to you do should, some research on that one. You should look it up and make sure regionally, wherever you are, that's true. Because I don't know. But that's make just sure for, that flies in Kansas. Yeah. Or Scott yeah. might be down, might not think, be down with it. I think everything flies in Kansas. I don't think you got to worry about, about slurs in Kansas. Yeah. I feel, I feel like the parts that I'm traveling right now, like they don't need to disguise them. <laughs> they just fire away with the classics, you know? There's just a sign. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, well. Everything you see is a swamp bugger. Oh, there's a swamp bugger over there. <laughs> I've never heard that Dude, term before. Taxidermy is like such a cool, uh, it's such a cool like art form because it's so commonly bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot like, of people fail that's I've I've always been a taxidermy snob because my grandfather was very good at it. So I've I've whenever I see bad taxidermy, I just don't want it. My wife loves it. She wants all taxidermy. So sometimes 
we'll debate on quality. And I'll be like, that one's not so good. See the, see the way the eyes hanging out? Like, that's not, you don't want to look for, look for eyeballs inside of the head. If you could find Dude, it at like your local thrift store, it's probably not the best quality. Probably not. No, exactly. Yeah. Plus, we're in it Florida. It is funny so when you see like it's worse here. <laughs> when you see like the really old ones, and they, it's like, yeah, it looks like it's a weasel. It's obviously a weasel, but it looks like that last scene of like, uh, oh god, what was that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he goes outside on Mars and his. His oh, yeah, face total, oh, recall. total recall. Oh yeah, total recall. <laughs> yeah, like they got like the real bulgy head, and that it's kind of like the Roger Rabbit effect or something. <laughs> like someone drowned it in a swimming pool and soaked it for forty eight hours before taxidermying it. <laughs> it just froze it, froze it in its natural state. It's got that shop. I, I like the I like the fox that's sitting on the chair just staring like he's got a hangover. <laughs> That's my favorite. How did he? Uh, how did he acquire? I know this isn't all about your grandpa, but I got to know how he acquired all these. It is. I, yeah. I'm guessing deer. He probably hunted, but uh, all yeah. uh, peacock. I mean, are those? Are he those actually leaders? mounted. He mounted the peacock for a, a corporate office space. It was, I don't know where they got it from. If they had hunted it or if it was naturally acquired, but uh, it was for a lobby of a some guy's business and he paid for it and never came and got it. I think the peacock just surrendered itself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Paying for something and <laughs> really never picking it up is uh, <laughs> just peak. I mean, it was, was going to stroll around like the uh, St. Petersburg zoo for 20 years, like eating <laughs> like discarded gum from toddlers. This is why he, never, he actually got arrested for taking it and that's why he never picked it up from the taxidermist. It's contraband for you. It's technically it's, illegal for you to own it. Your loss is our gain. Because it was somebody's pet. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> we'll make a so plea to your listeners as well if uh, anyone does want to send us a goat head. Oh yeah, We will take it. We need a goat head. We do. Nice. That would we be awesome. A, cred, a black Phillip. Like, <laughs> goat, like goats aren't um, animals you typically kill, so you ethically have to wait until they die. Do you, I mean you don't kill I goat. goat three do goats like, today? Do you eat goat meat? He's eat a people. goat hunter. Yeah, like I mean here, like I know it's like more common. I, don't, you, I, I guarantee you, there's a supermarket within like ten miles of your house that sells goat meat. Yeah. Oh, all right. It's like actually, halal supermarkets. I watched an episode of uh, Somebody Feed Phil where he was eating goat meat and he said it was like the most delicious thing he's ever had. I actually, when I, the last time I was in Florida, I had goat. I we went to like Mikey, a, Was that a Puerto Rican, like a Bravo market? It's, it's a Puerto Rican specific grocery store. And he was in there and they had put the wrong decimal point on a leg of goat. And it was like, it was like $7 instead of $70 or something. He was like, oh, I'm getting this. Wow. And he bought that thing. It was like walking around with it. Um, it's like a club. It was hilarious. But he was stoked on it. He ended up cooking it for his family. He's a guy who likes cooking. He was carrying, carrying it around of... proudly, looking like a peacock. <laughs> he looked like Captain Caveman <laughs> with his club on his shoulder. He was just holding it by the ankle. That's the primal cut. The hawk up. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more common than I originally was feeling uh it's not something i've ever thought about buying i've had it when i gone out to like get indian food or something like that but um i don't th i've never noticed it in my grocery store but 
Because Americans only eat like beef, beef. pork, and chicken grown yeah. in the equivalent of like livestock ice cube trays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's delicious. <laughs> You're right. Nice and fat. <laughs> I'm vegan. <laughs> that's- yes. Okay. I was listening to an episode today. I was like, <laughs> I told Sam, I'm like, I think these guys are vegan. And then we start, you know, let's talk meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, the vegan is the one with all of the dead animals behind him. So that's true. You're that's, li- a, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're listening to uh, Meat Sweats with Shanti Fury. From <laughs> <laughs> the meat corner. Your meat sweats so are like just when you get sweaty around meat because you're so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I like looking at it. What part is, is it, that? Is there it's like an sweat. element of like... Uh, like self-flagellation there where you like you're confronted with your past sin every day when you walk underneath those yeah that's to remind me not to eat venison ever again (laughs) (laughs) i had too much we never ate beef my whole time growing up because my grandfather always had meat from the deer he would uh, mount for other people so every night we would have like a largemouth bass or a deer <laughs> venison or you know it was always just that was our standard meat and i eat That's meat crazy. so in my house i have like heads of lettuce and tomatoes just nailed onto the wall <laughs> <laughs> It's just tax and that's almost that's garden. That's well that's preserved. More like loading a well preserved cabbage. Yeah, they're, it's they're, natural they're habitat. Wax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all like solidified in amber. Dude, what happened to the uh, like the fake fruit? Like everybody's grandma had fake oh, yeah. fruit. Oh yeah. That's where did that market there go? Are different versions of it too. Some of them had those grapes that were either glass or chewy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah because you definitely put those in your mouth at some point <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, knew it was fake that, you yeah. still had to chew it you know <laughs> i feel like the the wax fruit died out with the market who likes cinnamon chewing gum right oh, yeah. died, died out in the mid 90s i drank a lot of i mean i chewed a lot of big red so i don't know if that's true. i don't anymore <laughs> should i put you on the spot <laughs> yeah well, we had one of those big forks and spoons too. Did you guys have one of those yeah. in your house? Like, <laughs> oh, fork and spoon. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. Dude, the wax fruit goes hand in hand with like the uh, cross section cut of wood that's like stained the yellowest stain they could find, and then they make they put like a a dollar store clock face on it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it just yes. It's like smoker's yellow. <laughs> it's smoker's yellow, exactly. The it looks like the ceiling tile at like one of those old casinos in <laughs> Las Vegas. Uh, man, houses have come so far. Uh. <laughs> hey, I so looked through, I looked through your history of podcasts, and you guys have had a couple of people I know on your show. Oh, yeah, oh we really? Have friends on your show. Yeah, I have friends that have been on your show. Um, well, I'm not friends with Jay Baker, but I used to look up to him when I was a Christian. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really cool. He's good. He was on there. He's a good then, guy. Uh, Dave Moran, I've toured with, um, I toured with Four Year Strong a lot. So I know oh, okay. Fireworks and Wonder Years guys and all those kind of people. So I, I know them too. And Andy Prince. Andy Prince lives, oh, lives yeah. here um, from Manchester Orchestra. He's a good dude. That's true. Yeah. yeah Florida boy, always fishing. You toured with, uh, with four years strong, who who what were you um who were you playing with when you would tour with I, four years strong? I played the tattoo for the band. 
Okay. Yeah, I just did, I just did tattoos on tour. I went on um I went on tour with them. I toured with a day to remember on the Easy Core tour with Newfound Glory. Oh, cool, cool. I, oh I man. went out with them and got to know Four Year Strong on that tour and started tattooing them. And then they took me out on their they took me out on Warp Tour and I went out on uh, Rise Against a Bad Religion tour with them. Oh hell yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I um I used to work with Alan. Um, oh yeah, and um. I mostly knew him, his, his, they own, so I, they live the next town over from me. Him and his wife own a farm the next town over from me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Small world. That's awesome. Came full circle. That's cool. Thank you. Very small. (laughs) Everything comes through Florida and then goes back out into the world. So really, I should say I worked with Alan's wife. Um, but when Alan wasn't touring, he would work in the warehouse that I was working at at the time. That's cool. Yeah, it's always that's funny, funny to me that those guys have jobs when they go home and stuff. Like, it seems like Joe would rather make wood than tour, yeah, wood shop or whatever. Yeah, it was it. I it was so wild, man. When you think, of, well, they had like um, not that this is a four year strong podcast, but they did have like a big up and down. Um, Do they? Yeah, you're telling me. Like, I, I, it was like. <laughs> What, I forget what album it was uh, that just did not do what they wanted it to, and that really like cut into their their momentum. And they're, but they're back yeah. full swing; they're doing fucking awesome now. Yeah, they're but. doing great. I, there was a time where I I know from knowing them that there was a time where they just focused on themselves and their families for like an extended amount of time, which was good for them because they were getting mm-hmm. burned out from playing too much and stuff, and they just really needed to get back to the basics of their actual lives. Yeah, you know, the fantasy world they were building. So you guys want to talk about our history growing up Christian? I mean, oh yeah, we touch on that a little bit here. That's pretty on the nose, fellas. (laughs) We want to talk about how we're a bunch of heretics being social. (laughs) Get a bicker. It's got to be a through line, I'm sure. Well, yeah, tell us a little bit about how you grew up, and uh, you know how you ended up. a pious man of God. Okay. Um, maybe I'll get to pious man of God in a few weeks. Um, but so I was, uh, I was born to um, a single mother. My, my dad wanted me aborted, but he wouldn't pay for a child. Um, so he just left instead. Whoa. He just left. Yeah. And Damn. then, I would find out way down the road when I'm like 29 that he actually had another son a year and a half later. Um, but I wouldn't find out about him until like the most tragic way possible. Um, but so I was raised by my mom and my grandparents and we were raised, um, well, I was raised in, uh, the missionary Baptist church and, uh, that's the Baptist church where the man is on top. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, eye contact at all times. Yeah. (laughs) Under Uh, the sheets, though, of course. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I I was raised in that. You know, it it didn't really have a huge effect on me for a long time, but eventually I went to. um, I don't know if you guys know about it. It was a big deal down here. uh, The Brownsville Revival, uh, Brownsville Assembly of God. Oh, Andy Um, talked about that. Yeah, it's come I up went, a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, it was it was huge for a long time. Um, I, they were having this play called uh, Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. And I was in fifth grade. And you thought um, we were on the nose. Was, were you guys in one? 
No, uh, I did my, the extent of my acting career stops at VBS skits. <laughs> same hard, same. <laughs> um, but that, uh, scared the shit out of me essentially. So, um, it scared me into accepting Jesus and praying the prayer and it scared the hell out of you. Exactly. It did. It, it fucking manipulated my fifth grade mind into accepting Christianity Fifth grade. So was it, did your family, like, did your mom and your grandma, like, kind of get sucked into that and that's what pulled you in? Or did you have a friend invite you or something like that? It was, um, I don't remember how we ended up there, but it was me and my grandpa and that he's just such an impartial party in all of this to where he's like, yeah, whatever, uh, to where I don't see him planning that himself, you know, <laughs> like making the way for us to get there himself. But um, he ended up taking me. And at the end, they were like, lean over to your neighbor and ask them if their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So I lean over to my grandpa and I'm like, you heard the question. And he's like, I, yeah, I don't know. So we both go up and we both say the prayer. And what's crazy about it is in this play, I, I didn't recognize it at the time as like to move the story along. I didn't understand literary effect or anything like that, but anytime someone would say the prayer and accept Christ, they would drop dead in the play just so they can move the story ahead to get to heaven or hell. Oh, yeah. um, but in my mind, in my fifth grade fucking mind, I'm like, holy shit, we're about to die. We're about to fucking like, drop dead. So I'm like petrified at this point. Like we're going to my, my grandpa's driving. We're in this nasty fucking beater Chevy van. And I'm just sitting there quiet. My hands are clenched. Like my heart's beating. I remember this very vividly. And he like, he stops at this gas station. He's like, do you want like a soda or something? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> he, he comes around to the other side and he opens up the car. He's like, what's wrong? <laughs> and I'm like, look, everyone in that story that accepted Jesus dropped dead. Are we about to die? And he's like, oh, you just don't understand story. I get it. Um, no, we're not about to die. I mean, maybe, but not <laughs> not because we said that prayer. Um, he's like, and that's, on, and your get, grandfather died of a heart attack ever. right then and there. And that's what that would have been the worst fucking time for him to drop dead in front of me. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Check you in the hospital now. <laughs> There's a dimension where you're telling your testimony about how your grandfather died that very moment. And you never look back. <laughs> Bless God. It, it, in that crazy. store, in that timeline, though, you were like a charismatic preacher, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I brought him back to life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's like, that's the earliest touchstone I have for like the Christian story. I went to like a Christian middle school and a Christian high school. I went to several churches that were, I, I, I tried to stray away from like Baptist after high school. Um, so I went to like a, a Calvary chapel that we have here, like surfer church. Oh yeah. And, Cause Baptists um, are boring as fuck. Like you can, you even recognize at some point you like, all right, I can be Christian and not this boring. So these Christians are shit. nerds. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go over here where they wear board shorts and flip flops. Like that's, that's the church I'm looking for right there. They like, listen to Zayo. 
I don't want to. I don't want to dress like a Mormon every time I go to church. I want to go to a church where you don't have to get a haircut every seven days. <laughs> I don't want to look at a guy with a toupee that hasn't fucked his wife Aww. in years. Like, that's that's not what I'm trying for. So so after high school, I went to Calvary Chapel. Asking you to leave. And I'm just kidding. Do you want to go? No, guys. My toupee. <laughs> You have a toupee? No, I didn't know. It's a hat. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I went to Calvary Chapel for a long time, and it kind of got old because it's just super polished. Um, So my last church experience was with this small house church called The River. And um, I went full in. Like, I, I knew this was something different. I knew it was something I could be a part of. There was a time where I wanted to go to seminary. Like there was a time where I wanted to like really just devote myself further to, to learning everything that I could. So I read and I studied and I read and I studied and the more I did, the less it fucking made sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I, I, I studied myself out of it essentially and um the church fell apart it was the pastor was a total narcissist um it just kind of fell apart and then i got married um and i remember after being married i was standing in my kitchen looking at facebook and now i absolutely hate facebook (laughs) yeah maybe i did then i don't remember but i was looking at facebook my Jason's a Twitter guy. He's very funny on Twitter. He has lots of followers just because he's funny. I do. I just I just passed the twelve thousand follower Ooh, threshold hey. today. Wow. Today, um, Ooh. So, so I'm standing in the kitchen looking at Facebook. My aunt's dad had just passed away, and he was a pastor. Um, my cousin writes on Facebook. You know, she was like, I'm really sad, but I'm going to get to see him again. And it's going to be great when I see him again. And it's and at that moment, everything clicked for me. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like nothing against her. I love my cousin. I know Mm -hmm. she was mourning, but but that was entirely for her. Mm -hmm. All of it was for her to find her way through this pain. And none of it it just kind of left me at that, that exact moment. I'm like, none of it's real. It's all a fucking facade. It's a mirage. It's a way to cope and a way to, to deal with life and deal with pain to where we don't have to almost. So yeah, since then, man, I, it's just, it's been a wild ride. You know, I've been, um, just fucking chicks and (laughs) left and right. Um, so many, so man, I can't even count boobs is lost. Yeah, none of that's accurate. Yeah. Um, on the, on the it's been a wild ride, but there have been very few women involved. <laughs> Dude, it is funny when you do start to feel like, because uh, even um, I, that, that feeling of like not believing it, any like not believing anything happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of like walk that line for a while where you're just like, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I hope that something is. And then it's just like, after a while, it's just like you, it's hard to admit it to yourself for a long time that you don't really believe that anymore. Yeah, and yeah, I would even say I would have still, I would have 
not believe that and still called myself Christian for a while. So like, yep. it was like, it takes a lot of co- confrontation. You have to confront yourself about it and like really reckon like what you know and don't know and like what it is and you don't know and whatever. And then you have to consider that your whole family has been lying to you forever. Yeah. And you have to think my whole, my grandmother's this dumb. What the fuck? It's like, you don't <laughs> want to think that about your grandma. And there's the, you know, there's the perspective of like, well, shit, 90% of my friends believe this and they're wrapped up in it. So I don't want to push against that tide necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's tough. That's difficult. Yeah. It, it is funny. Cause like, I feel for people who like, who, who reach that point while having a family that, you know, attends church and stuff. Like I've definitely got some friends like that where you're talking to them and, and you know, especially the, the you can tell that they feel obligated to talk to you about faith related uh-huh. stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like I understand that pressure, you know, and I don't care. I mean, I don't mind talking about it, but like there's certain times when you get the sense with, with one of them where you're like, I don't think you would be here if your entire world wasn't wrapped up. In this. Like if it, if it wouldn't cost you sure. everything, to right. say, I don't know if I buy this anymore, then I don't think you would, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. There's I, a point in which you just like, I, I, I'll i never forget that like acceptance moment of, I guess I just don't think anything happens. And I don't really care if you do. I just don't. And mm-hmm. yeah, like who can really know? I think that's what it was just, my, I think my obsession with it was just this idea of like that needing to know um, yeah. And the more comfortable I got with just not knowing shit, the more just like, I don't think so, but it'll, I mean, whatever. It could be a nice surprise or not. I don't know, but I'm guessing I'm not worried. I just, it's really this, I, I not worried about it anymore feeling. And that's what you do in most of Christianity is worry about it. And then to just be like, I can, I'm, and you tell yourself you're not you're like, well, I'm not worried about it because I know where I'm going when I die. But to actually not that's that is worrying about it, like to be thinking about it in those terms, but to actually not consider it at all anymore. I think like a moment when I really was just like, OK, yeah, I definitely shed that belief was even after my grandmother died. It was just like I, I had similar experiences where it's like people are like, well, we'll see her again someday. And I'm. I'm not going to naysay and be a fucking asshole, but I'm just in my head. I'm just like, I, I don't think that I don't think so. And I don't need to, um, it's not, it doesn't make me feel better to think that I also don't want to assume that anyone who just thinks nice things is only doing it to feel better. But there's obviously a lot a wide spectrum of ways you can believe or not believe things. But I, I sure. resonate with some of your experiences there, Jason. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of Jason's, let me tell you some of my experiences and yeah. see how see what you could pick up on. Let me stop me if you've heard this one before. But I was born <laughs> to a mother who uh, uh, no heard the mother eight. story before. Everyone's oh, been born okay, to a mother. Right. Jason already said dad, that. I literally just said that. My dad <laughs> didn't want anything to do with me. Uh, never knew him till I was like sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. Found out he had another family, so met my little brothers that way. Um, so you beat Jason though, because he was yeah. older than I'm sixteen. Not J- so. I'm not Jason. 
This is yeah. Shauncee telling a different story. Your podcast hasn't skipped <laughs> he, back. He was the brother I was talking, the half brother I was talking about. <laughs> Tragic. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> so for Jason me, I was, was the I second was raised, family. <laughs> I was raised by my grandparents because my mom was too young to deal with me. I was, I remember being four and having to go get, live with my grandparents, which, which was coincidentally the year my mom turned 21 and she was working in a bar. <laughs> Wow. Across the street from where she lived. And I had walked in on her having sex before and I had found her weed before. And so I think she was ready to get me out of the house a little bit. So I went to live with my grandparents and they were, um, you said earlier that you have friends that you could tell like when they're talking about their kids and stuff and like people use their kids as, I, I feel like people use their kids as an excuse to like, um, instill morality in their kids without having to talk to them. You, you know, I, talking like re- sure. uh, religion, Christianity, things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It feels like a lot of people I know go to church just so their kids like have a little something, you know, like a little background, a little faith, a little, you know, like a backbone and mm. the, you know, what to do, what not to do, kind of thing. And I don't think they understand the like haven of pedophilia that church is, or like the, you know, all the conflict of information and all, you know, all the stuff that just goes through it they just assume we have to do this so our kids aren't terrible terrible people murderers and rapists and all this and it's like no yeah i don't actually realize that the bible's full of that kind of person and the thing you're trying to avoid is the thing you're doing absolutely that's just what we do like especially down here in the south i mean it's like we we go to church and we vote republican that's what we do and if you're not doing that then you're evil or you're mm-hmm. you know you're pushing against the tide you need to go live somewhere where they're liberal satanists yeah yeah i don't remember if we said it um uh no i guess we did mention it a little bit based on andy prince's location but you guys are florida i can't remember if we specified that exactly before or after we hit record um but and i think that's also uh notable florida uh, is a remarkably different uh christian culture than maybe new england too so i think that's oh, what sure. listen we have so a great funny. governor we're don't, don't bring up our governor okay he's he's Thank i love i love what he's doing with uh instilling fear in immigrants that's <laughs> yeah his 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 work with disney is just fantastic right now <laughs> we have no other problems our fucking governor is fighting a cartoon mouse that's what's happening <laughs> I'm just glad you can't say the word gay anymore because, <laughs> you know, that's the biggest problem I've found in my life over the past yeah. 45 I years. Like I people say the word, you know, I just don't want to hear it. Oh, anymore, it's, oh, it's getting old. Come on. Yeah. Dude, we live great. actually about 10 minutes from Alabama, too. So we're in the very tip tippy handle of Pennsylvania. Of yeah, we're, we're right at the intersection of Ron DeSantis Lane and K. Ivy Way. Mm-hmm. We're just right near the beach, boy. Very comfortable. <laughs> yeah. it, it's funny. Florida is such a weird like mix of cultures, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you can drive. I always joked about it because I worked a ton in Florida for a while, and it's like it's you're you're never more than like 10 miles away from like like debaucherous opulence and just like white trash hell (laughs) it's like you just gotta drive inland you know and and then and then there you are 
Exactly. I mean, we're we're surrounded by white trash hell, but we can go over the border and we can buy fireworks, fellas. That's true. And it's fantastic. Ooh. Wait, you Alabama go, fire you can't get fireworks in Florida? No. See, not I thought that, you guys believed in freedom off in the Florida. ground. You have to go to Alabama we for could, that. We can only have fireworks that spit sparks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, sit on the ground and and wow. fucking fizzle. Snakes I don't snakes and sparklers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those little tanks that just go, <laughs> go in a circle. The whole no, no husker do's or husker don'ts. Mm-hmm. No. no bung holes. <laughs> no scooter sticks. Dude, I'm, I'm getting a permanent brick and mortar fireworks store in my town. I have that permanent. It's like, <laughs> it's like okay, it's still under construction, so you know we're all waiting anxiously. But it's like. Partly brick and mortar permanent fireworks store year round. Yeah. Hmm. Partly like party rentals and stuff. It, oh, it, like inflatable. <laughs> Can we get it it's on the ground floor here? And then Jumping in October, <laughs> and then in October, it's a spirit Halloween. Oh <laughs> God! Everything I hate. Everything I hate. And it's called Jumpy Jumpland. I'm not joking. Did a a three-year-old name that? What the fuck? (laughs) I hate it so much. My town has nothing. (laughs) What should we call the place? Should we name it after our grandfather who recently died? And they're like, "Mm, jumpy jump land. Let's call a room of (laughs) three-year-olds. I mean, it's going to work. If you're like, did we get Pete's inflatables or jumpy jump land? I think the jumpy jump. Yeah, I, I mean, if those are the two options, I'm going to go with Jumpy Jump Land every time. I hope they do car sale gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> that would put a little, favorite that would be a little extra gorilla. cherry on top. <laughs> There's a 100% chance it has a wiggly inflatable arm guys outside of it all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy's already there. That... Just <laughs> ushering in the Jumpy Jump, the kingdom of Jumpy Jump Land. I'm pretty sure they built the building around Wiggly Arm Tube Man. I just want to build a statue where, where the guy's head that's so big that his hair is made out of wacky, wavable, inflatable tube men. Yeah. Just going off on top of his head. That would be great. Dude, that'd be fucking amazing. You should do that, right? should, uh, that art. You should do that first, as a tattoo. If I ever do mushrooms, that's the image I want to, I want to look at He's the entire time. I haven't done mushrooms now. Jeez. When they I'm add not... a Kid Rock to Mount Rushmore. <laughs> His hair should be those. There should be more mountains carved into faces. You should just do other people. That's right? true. This is America now. Been sleeping I mean, there, on the... There've been more people since Lincoln. Right. I know. It is pretty cool that we stopped at four. Uh, that's incredible. <laughs> we have to do like like Hayden Thomas or something. What, and we destroy uh, so much of GPT the planet. Or... It just makes sense to fuck up some more mountains too. Sure. Move some mountains around. Yeah. When uh, fucking aliens show up in a thousand years. They're already here. No. Oh, that's true. They're already here. They're definitely here. If you had faith like a mustard seed, you could move some mountains. (laughs) So I also went to Brownsville. I went to the the revival. That's another thing we share in common. Um, One difference between me and Jason's story is I grew up in Pentecostal churches. I was an Assemblies of God kid, and he was a Southern Baptist. So we were different kinds of Southern crazy. Um, I was... (laughs) more spiritual and he was more uh, legalistic like stick to your blue suit kind of thing mm-hmm. 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 how how did you go to christian school too 
I went, I didn't go to Christian education school, but I went to the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry when I was 19 years old. Uh, oh. I was 18. I tried to get in when I was 17, but I got, no, actually it was, I, I got in a bunch of trouble when I was 17. I had seven felonies from just being a dumbass and I got sentenced oh, to Teen Challenge. <laughs> So I had to go through a teen challenge program when I was a child. <laughs> and there were a bunch of like real grown men crackheads. And uh, I just had to like get in and survive with like the worst people in the world in, in like Southern Florida when I was 17. And from there I went to Bible school, which is like just to the other end of the spectrum. Um, yeah. The pipeline, of course. Yeah. Around all the worst people that have never been arrested or done drugs. And then, uh, Eventually, I got kicked out of Bible school for smoking a cigarette over the summer <laughs> because I confessed it during the time at the beginning of the semester when they're like, if you've done anything and you want to admit it, please come up and talk. And I went up and I was like, hey, I just want to tell you I had some cigarettes over the summer, but I'm not smoking anymore or anything. And they were like, well, we need to talk in the office. And I got kicked out of school for a year. And they, recommend, they, they recommended that I go to Teen like, Challenge for a cigarette. You didn't even have to. You didn't even have to tell. <laughs> that's the yeah. classic bait and switch of christianity yep. i love that yep oh that's so amazing I got out of bible college for a cigarette that they didn't see me smoking or anything <laughs> just for saying i smoked that's, a cigarette you could have just been like i was just kidding i wanted to have a good yeah. testimony you guys believe me you idiots oh, i was testing you oh that was a temptation of Satan in the desert. Dude, I got to hear a little bit more about teen. You can't just gloss over teen challenge. Teen challenge is wild. It's a I whole, like. I don't know entirely what it is. Um, okay. I'm gathering. Started, there's a car wash in Teen felons, but. It, it started. It's not for teenagers. That's a, that's the <laughs> first misconception of about teen challenge is that you have to be, you have to be over 18 unless you're court ordered, which I was. So I got in a little bit early. To this to teen challenge but teen challenge started in uh Times square this guy named david something uh he wrote a book about it but it, it was like it was called the cross and the switchblade oh fuck. fuck yeah david whatever <laughs> so that guy started teen challenge in Times square as a way to like stop heroin junkies from like you know killing themselves in the streets of new york and he just used extreme religious legalism as like the standard for how to get off of drugs and uh, got all hooked up with the court systems involving all kinds of charities. And now it's a nationwide conglomerate of charities that are run by independent directors in different places. And they get funding from the state because they're helping with the justice system and all this stuff. And they're housing harmful people and all this stuff. So mm -hmm. it's a real racket. And they also, what you do when you're in teen challenge, you go to church at night and they have like, summer camp church where somebody will preach a little message, have a little Bible study, you know, eat dinner in a little weird mess hall and then go to bunk bed house. It's like summer camp for drug addicts. Bunk it sounds bed like heaven. jail with Jesus. Yeah. And they have a four month induction period where you're in like a really like tightly watched, like really shitty part of it. And then after that, <laughs> you go to eight months of a longer period where you have a little more freedom and it's not as bad. But I went through induction twice because I got kicked out at the end of my first induction and had to start over. So then I did that again. So I got to do eight months of the worst part of it. And then I got kicked out again <laughs> at the end of that. But that time I went to court and I told the judge that I wanted to go to the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry. And he let me off of all of my charges. 
So obviously I was like, well, God had something to do with that, right? Because I, Hmm. whatever, but really it had to do with the fact that my grandparents were really involved with the church and I was just some white kid that was like eating up resources they could use somewhere else. And they were like, oh, he wants to go to church for for Jesus? Good. Get out of here. Found a good Christian judge. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. That's like a cheat code. And Teen Challenge makes money because when you're in the induction part or actually the whole thing, but like part of it is that you, they run a, they run a lot of um, like detail lines at, for car auctions and stuff. So they make money off of your labor in the program. You go work at a car auction all day doing car detailing <laughs> and then get paid no money. They get all the money for like 27 dudes working full-time shifts all day. And they just feed you the worst food you, <laughs> you've ever had. <laughs> to tell you a Bible story and send you to bed. That's amazing. That's just good old Christian. Oh my God. Right there. Yeah. Dude, there's so many Christian ministries that are like that, yeah, where it's exactly. just like, God, what? It, oh, Master's Commission. Yeah. That's the other one that we've oh, talked yeah. to several people from where they're like, yeah, it's basically just I signed up for slave labor. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, I've been watching that. I was just watching that documentary about Hillsong, about how it was like an all-volunteer church and how they were fantastic. just had the whole church was run by volunteerism and i'm like what the fuck it's a, it's a yeah. mega church and like no one's getting paid but the pastor it's like, yeah. it's like putting on a taylor swift tour show every night but <laughs> you don't make any money do Only you want to help tay tay <laughs> i'm just here because i love the music i just want to work 18 hours a day and listen to her sweet voice it is funny that Dude. we're at that point where it is like the only valuable payable position in most situations is a pastor. Yeah. yeah. It's like for what? For you to talk for a little bit each week. I mean, you wrote yeah. a 40 minute sermon. That's not even impressive. Like writing a 40 minute that's, and that's long. That's if you go to one of the shitty Baptist churches. 20 minutes of that was sports analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was going to a Baptist church. Like that was as a kid, that was the one thing I liked about it. But you know, as you grow up, you like, you just realize like, it's very structured. It's like, we're going to be out of here by 11 o'clock and we're going to make it to KFC by fucking 1130. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, that's the way. So it's like, how much work are you honestly doing throughout the week? It's like, I, I guess, you know, if you ask them that they would be like, well, I, I go visit people in the hospital and I go visit people in jail. And it's like, oh, okay, so you're just fucking socializing on the church's dime. <laughs> yeah, do you? And it, it's like, how are you feeding your fucking flock with yeah. this? It's like, quote unquote, feeding your flock. Like, I, We have a food pantry where people donate canned goods. That's how we do it. You don't well, know anything well, about the church. I stand well, corrected. Have, Never mind. I think he spends two of his five days a week just trying to like push dents out of the donated cans. <laughs> yeah. It's like, meanwhile, I'm fucking making sandwiches for the general public six days a week for fucking $11 an hour. And yeah, just not, not living nearly as affluently as this person who's working like maybe three hours a week. Jason, are you a sandwich artist? I used to be. Okay. Not anymore. I'm a paralegal now. Okay. (laughs) Came up. And a podcaster. Wow. Yeah. I guess I can the most lucrative that. part oh, of your that's your what week. got us here with you fellas. Yeah, we made it, <laughs> dude. It is funny how like that ministry, quote unquote, like attracts. Like there's there's decent people that go into it, and there's true believers and all that. There's also just a segment of kind of like losers 
mm-hmm. that are like, yeah, this is I this this position allows me to exercise complete control over my wife and make 300 kids and do yeah, relatively absolutely. no work for six days a week and then yeah. and then cry on Sunday during the sermon talking about how hard it is to you know whatever go across the street and wax the floor of the church basement or something like that yeah it's like guaranteed uh sex for incels is what it comes down to (laughs) it's like the best way if you're if you're if you're a white dude with pasty skin and tinted glasses you're gonna want to get into the (laughs) pentecostal church and find yourself a wife asap Start just start She's laying on guilt trip. Maybe I should take a second look at Pentecostalism. <laughs> There's usually a fresh Instagram post bragging about their 18th birthday simultaneously co- okay. coinciding with your uh, engagement party uh, on that Duggar family planning. Dude, that oh, documentary is crazy. Families. I need to watch that. Crazy. It's so good. It's it's fascinating. He, he's like when the there was a I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give you a spoiler about the Duggar documentary. He gave the kids at some point because he had to, he gave them all the equivalent of how much they would have made making minimum wage <laughs> if they had had jobs. <laughs> they just like finished like, explaining like the, 725 the main... piece of shit. <laughs> thanks for the the millions (laughs) that was like one of the craziest parts like there's there's way crazier things in there but that was one of the parts that like blew my mind the most is like they just finished talking about how the girl was like i don't think i want to give birth on camera and they're like yeah but you know you're going to (laughs) just do it anyway goes through it they keep showing like these horrific scenes of like all the daughters giving birth on camera like with you know with a cam i, I mean just the worst possible nobody wants that mm. and then and then right after that they're like yeah to this point we had made no money off the show we had been on it for 25 years and had made zero dollars off of it we were living on food stamps Dude, <laughs> you know it's the worst <laughs> People are so bad, and then the when they're going, <laughs> they're going through the wipes. This isn't funny, but it's like they're showing her like next ultrasound of the next child, and they're all happy. And there's the person doing it is like there's there's no heartbeat, and they're like oh oh, like what the fuck did you expect? This is your twentieth child. Oh yeah yeah. How many- there's like very little reaction to it too. Yeah, she was like, like oh. God. No, you can't do it because it, it's yeah. like you not catching like a butterfree in Pokemon Blue at that point. I will say I, I haven't played Pokemon Go in a long time, but I almost got into an accident when when my she's my ex-wife now, but uh, she spotted a Snorlax. <laughs> and i was driving and i cut through three lanes of traffic because i was getting that fucking snorlax (laughs) i definitely when that game came out i did some dangerous things behind the wheel (laughs) it's just fucking terrible it's a bad idea but it's a great idea at the same time (laughs) now we're all here but dude out snorlax that was really cool when that happened. Like the whole world was just like, I guess we'll go walk around and try to play this game. It, it ended well. We didn't get in an accident, and my my wife and I both got Snorlax. 
That's and it. divorce. <laughs> and, and, and subsequent divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated, but it was yeah. a defection yeah, yeah. point. No, it actually all hinged all, on Snorlax. <laughs> yeah. Snorlax was the straw that broke the camel's back, as it turns out. That was the last time I got hard. <laughs> One of you got the Snorlax, and you just spent the next five years fighting about who deserved the Snorlax, and that was just over. More like Horlax. <laughs> <laughs> like I found it, and I'm like, I dove through three lanes of traffic to get it. <laughs> oh my god, dude, Jason, how how crazy was your Christian school? Was it like one of those? Eh, it's a charter school, but pretty normal, well, or was it wacky? I actually went to three three different Christian schools. Uh, the first one that I went to was probably pretty close to Pentecostal. Um, that was sixth grade. Um, it it was a weird experience for me because I was still going to a Baptist church regularly, but this church was much more charismatic. Or, or I'm sorry, the school was much more charismatic and I got to experience it through like chapels and stuff like that. Um, and there was this one point where like I, I'm in sixth grade again, like I'm like 12 and um, maybe I was a little younger than that, but I I hadn't quite started masturbating yet. Um Nice to meet you, fellas, too. Um, but the a late bloomer, the, 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 the pastor, I was a late bloomer. The pastor, um, who was also our gym coach, sat us down and he decided to tell us that if we felt the need to masturbate, then we were just sinning against ourselves. It's disgusting for a man to need him. So, um, so from that point on, much as Christianity is known to do, um, I was terrified of masturbating. Um, and I just felt like I, every time I did it, it was dirty. It was so like so that, that was a boot on your car before you ever got to drive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still I still did it, but it was not easy. <laughs> they teach they teach that stuff as if like Every as if time like anyone's like, ever oh, ran a gauntlet away for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um so that I, I only went there for one year, understandably, and fucking thankfully. Um for seventh and eighth grade I went to a Lutheran middle school, which in retrospect one of the cooler denominations to be, to be perfectly honest it's like you know i i don't i'm not cool with a lot of christianity now but it's like you know i think the lutherans have come out as being pretty progressive at this point yeah and, most, it's split in a lot of ways but uh oh yeah lutherans there's a lot of just dope lutherans who have their shit together and aren't actively working against progress, which is cool. Yeah. And it's uh, a lot of it was very traditional, which is something that I wasn't used to at that point. Um, and by traditional, I mean like, you know, we, we would read specific liturgy and um, <clears throat> you know, everything was very planned and that, that was kind of nice considering everything else I had known growing up. Um, but that, you know, that was a pretty painless two years, but the, the, where I went to high school, 
um, was very Baptist centric. So I was just going to a Baptist church on Sundays and then existing in this Baptist influenced high school. And it, it was just, it, it was constant, man. Um, it, I, I didn't really understand it at the time, but it, it was very oppressive um, to not, not necessarily to who I wanted to be because it wasn't like I wanted to go out and fucking commit crimes or fucking, um, you know, just, I wasn't just looking to get laid every weekend. Like I, I just, I just wanted to exist. Like I wanted to wear a fucking Nirvana shirt and I didn't want to shave and I didn't want to have to tuck my t-shirts into my jeans, but none of that flew. Like I was being sent to the office to shave weekly. I fucking, I wore a Nirvana shirt one time and I, it was fucking out. And I, I, you know, I don't know it. And it's, I, I guess I get it to some extent. Like my parents were paying for this experience for me to have, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it, it just puts this unnecessary pressure on teenagers that are already dealing with more pressure than anyone else can understand. So you, and you like in, in public school, I'm sure it's one experience that's already extremely difficult and then you just lump religion into that and it, it becomes this entire other fucking monster. So, yeah, it yeah, makes, uh, it makes just being a kid and doing kid shit seem like, like you have a death wish or like that. Like yeah, yeah. eternity is on the line. It's just like over what over just, just fucking off as a kid for a little bit. <laughs> like it's so inconsequential. Like almost everyone I've ever met, who grew up Christian, their parents were like, well, you know, when I was a kid, we did X, Y, and Z. It's like, but you're still here and you're fine. Like mm-hmm. mo- that that's most people's experiences, except for uh, several of us who grew up in a certain environment. Now I also witnessed most of, I always kind of just stayed on that straight and narrow, but the amount of kids that I grew up around who, as soon as they were like 18, 19, 20, 21 moved out of the house, it's just, it's like, it was a downward spiral to the point where like, not just in like a mm-hmm. now's the time where we just like goof off and have our fun. It's like a, they were, they put themselves on a dark and dangerous path without like just out of that, that, that need to rebel and finally feeling like you had the autonomy to do so. Yeah. And going was, it, going to the other extreme. Yeah. You know, like when, when I got out of my experience and I started like, watching movies that were like, I guess, common to like the high school experiences where like, you know, we're, we're trying to get laid for the first time. We're trying to sneak alcohol on weekends. And it's like, Oh shit, I was trying to memorize the sermon on the Mount. I I, I didn't have any of this shit. It's like, it it robs people of their childhood. It puts you in, it puts you in a situation where you're thinking about the afterlife before you even worried about this life. And you're just stuck in this fear where everything you know i saw tom green one time he was doing this comedy bit and i had never considered this fact but he was talking about how when you're a kid christmas takes forever to get there and it's like what the fuck christmas is still six months away oh my god but then when you're an adult you're like fuck it's christmas and it's because like one fortieth of your life is like way way less time than one sixth of your life one seventh of your life so it's like a huge amount of life like stacks onto it. And these people are like robbing children of experiencing things and putting such trauma and fear in their mind at such a small age, at such a young age that 
it's literal indoctrination and makes people fearful their whole life. And that's the whole system is all based on punishment and instead of restoration, like it's supposed to be. Yeah. I, that, I think that's one of the big takeaways. It's, it's, it's based on fear and consequence instead of like, just because yeah, everything, everything is, it's like catastrophizing. Um, yeah. As when, a, when I was a, when I was a kid, I was, I was so convinced that I had to help my friends get to heaven mm-hmm. that I would come, I would, I would come back from whatever revival or summer camp or whatever thing I had been doing mm-hmm. with my family. And I would go back to school on fire for God and weird out everyone I knew and no one would want to talk to me anymore. Yeah. And then a week later, I would be like, you guys want to see a nudie magazine I found in the woods and smoke a cigarette? And they're like, what the fuck, man? You're all over the oh, place. The, and the, I could not shit wears it, off. It ruins it, I have no, I have no friends from that time because like my social life was so up and down because I was trying to make everyone happy along the way. I was trying to make my peers happy by doing what they wanted to do. And I was trying to make my family happy by making sure my peers were going to heaven because that was my obligation as a Christian. And you were Carry trying out. to make... I was trying to like save people. Like, <laughs> yeah, I went to like I was a Christian school kid, like uh, f- pretty much from fifth grade through high school, and then uh, and I went to church with all the same people. It was very small. Both church and school were pretty small. Yeah, and then I went to a tiny, very conservative but secular college called Hillsdale College. It's kind of like a Republican darling or organization now I've heard and of it. I read an article about it recently oh yeah oh yeah. god I can't remember who it's it was in the news somewhat recently but yeah like it's a pretty sheltered environment but for me like I went there and I, I only made it a year but like it was a disaster like it was total culture shock yeah. I couldn't cope with it Right. And like, I just, I, so I would just drive home every weekend. I would drive like two and a half hours home. I think I stayed one weekend the whole first year I was there. Wow. And then I transferred to Liberty the next year. <laughs> you gotta get out of here. And then it's I spread my wings at Liberty. I stayed yeah, up past Springfield to go yeah, see Andrew. Uh, old Falwell. <laughs> yeah. He was... Falwell welcomes you. <laughs> Falwell Sr. was still alive when I started going there. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, he like died and crapped his pants in his office the first year I was there, though. Yeah. Fowell Jr. Bad. welcomed him into his wife as well. Mm. As I'd like to welcome, mm. uh, Man, I'd, I'd like to wel- welcome Pat Robertson to death as well, since uh, we're talking about yeah, yeah. dying off. I knew we had something to celebrate yeah. this weekend. Man, if <laughs> yeah. I had another beer to crack right now, uh, rot you'd, in hell, Pat Robertson. You'd pour you'd one Robert out for him and live forever. You pour one out for him just because you know he'd hate it so much. <laughs> just pour it straight into the ground. Uh, I was thinking about that this weekend. I was like walking around my yard and I was picking up puppy turds and I had like this big bucket of them. And I was just thinking like. For your dog? Yeah, Robertson. <laughs> you know? I thought Boy, I almost made a video of it. And I was like, dogs. that's, that's a little on the nose. <laughs> Is that the dog park collecting dog turds in a bucket? Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Quick detour. I had a, okay. I had a thought today. Uh, you know how 
like the joke is always that people like buy a dog that looks like them or kind of like refracts their personality in a way. Yeah. What kind of dog do you think uh, Jesus would have had? And what kind of dog do you think conservatives would think Jesus would have had? <laughs> I, I think that that's a great. I question. think that Jesus probably would have one of those shaggy Australian shepherds. He seems like an Australian shepherd dude because he was the shepherd, and the hair is similar, and they always kind of look alike. But I feel like Republicans would probably think he's this golden retriever guy. Yes. <laughs> That's that's gold, golden retriever is the fucking it's like you gotta make Jesus blonde. Fence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Blonde, I feel like obedient. Does exactly <laughs> what you want him to when you want him to. A golden doodle, maybe. He's golden, but he's somehow the whitest dog possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, like there's definitely some people around me that would be like, oh, he'd have. He'd have one of those wolf hybrids, you know. <laughs> Dude, wolves are loyal, man. That's one thing about wolves you got to know. They're so loyal and they protect. Like my dog, dude, my dog is very protective. Uh, she bites people all the time. But, you know, like my toddler, I let him sleep on my toddler. And, uh, you know, she like won't let anybody near him. She bit me trying to pick up the toddler the other day. <laughs> That's crazy because my toddler bites people all the time. Oh. <laughs> and the dog. I don't actually let my dog sleep with my toddler because my toddler just bites my dog all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the dog is afraid of the toddler. I actually have a, I have a he's almost nine. I have a pug mm. and he, he, he only has one eye. He lost an eye. And he is fucking exactly like me. He's a picky eater and he sleeps all the time. It's like, that's his entire personality. <laughs> I used to have a Boston Terrier, but she passed away. Oh, so now we have squishy. cats. Yeah. Squishy face dogs. You guys got squishy face dogs. We do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shotzi, I feel like we didn't, um, I feel like we stopped at you leaving teen challenge and then going to, uh, going to church. Just tumbled hopelessly into cigarettes. So, uh, so let's see. Um, when I when I got out of Teen Challenge, I went through the Brownsville thing, and and uh, while I was at Brownsville Revival School of Ministry, I started going in the summertime to Virginia and working at this. Are you, can you guys hear us still? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. There's like an error that popped up a backup of audio. I don't know what that means, but I'm just gonna uh, leave yeah. that there. It's probably okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna X out of that then. Okay, so I went to this summer camp and I was working at this Presbyterian summer camp in Virginia called Camp Hanover. And it was just because me and my friends wanted something to do for the summer and we were like, let's be summer camp counselors and just find one that's cool instead of staying in Florida and doing whatever. So we went up to Virginia and it was like really great. It was one of the greatest uh, greatest experiences of my life, actually. And I think it was the first time I had ever been around non-Pentecostal Christians. Okay. So, yeah. And it, it like opened my eyes to like a whole new world of acceptance within Christianity, where it was like this, this place had like a smoking side and a non-smoking side of the staff lounge and like you could drink and stuff, you know what I mean? Like there was, oh, no, wow. they didn't have like strict rules for anything. It was like, no, it was a summer camp, kick back, have fun, you know, just teach the kids about nature and God and have fun. So we, I had a really great time there and I went back three years in a row 
And by my last year there, it was like getting obvious that I was growing out of the experience. I was growing out of the church. I didn't go to the Bible school anymore. Um, I was starting to disbelieve in God. I was more agnostic than I had ever been. And I started getting into more of like, more of like Jay Baker's uh, revolution style of Christianity, where it's like, fuck not cussing, man. Just get people to Jesus. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Have a beer with somebody if you need to. Just get them to talk about God. That's it. So I got more into that loose style of Christianity. And it really just led to being more open to different ideas. And eventually, I think I watched Zeitgeist. And I know Zeitgeist isn't like 100% true. <laughs> looking back on it but still it was the first time i had ever like considered all the co-opting of pagan traditions i never knew about those at all and uh once i saw that christianity was just built on top of all these old stories to make it fit into the world what where it already existed and then they just took them over that part made me like see the whole thing completely different and that's when i i knew i didn't believe in god anymore i i put it all away and i was like there's no way god's real like after seeing the way all of the stories of god are just based on classically old like sun worship and uh you know just different kinds of pagan traditions with trees and all this stuff and like virgin births it was just like i'm putting all this away it's all going in the not real side of life to me i'm just gonna deal with the tangible for a while yeah yeah it i think um it the whole it gets funny as you learn like more about um I, I remember listening to this thing on NPR about Christianity and how they spread through I wanna say maybe it was Norway. Like it was like a Scandinavia type area. Yeah. But it was like how they you could say co-opted, you could say <laughs> something different but it's like <laughs> <laughs> but it, there was like that general like well we're moving in here and this there you know this we have these ideas but this this holiday kind of represents it so as we're like spreading the gospel we'll just be like well we'll just use that as well and then they kind of keep the similarities and shed some other things and then you're just like yeah at the end of the day you you know you could look at it either way you'd be like well they stole a holiday or that's not real or that's built on something else but there is, it is an amount, like it, what I feel like what we have now with Christianity is an amalgamation of so many things. And a lot of it's like so much of it's cultural, so much of it's like mythic. And it, when you learn like more of the origins of it, it, it feels more, it, it feels contrived by humans to the point where you're like, I was just convinced and told for so long that this is the way it was handed down. And I feel like if people did a better job explaining the human components and elements and cultural aspects of religion and Christianity, you could, you could find a way to make it work for you in a way that could sure. be healthy, you know? And I think that's such a disservice that Christianity has done that evangelical Christianity is like, the way that we do it now is what actually Jesus gave us. And you're like, this is insane that we're actually where we're at. It's not even close to anything 
that would have no. been considered like like christ-like or no, whatever the, the sermon on the mount is like purely social social socialism it's like all the way socialism there's like the red words are all the way take care of everybody no matter what they need you know and so that that part's weird and then you go jason's always reminding me about the part where Paul found the people with the nameless God and was like, oh, you have a nameless God? Well, don't worry. We'll give your God a name. It's Yahweh or, and, you know, Jesus. And they it's been this constant <laughs> snowball. It's constantly just been it, like it starts with Jesus and his ideas, whether or not that existed. But it started with these ideas and then it just snowballs and it picks up this idea and this idea and this culture and this idea and this culture. And now it's like this fucking oh, we need music in our worship service that sounds like Coldplay. Mm -hmm. Like it's still picking up these yeah, yeah. bits of well, culture along the way to try and stay modern. Mm -hmm. But it's also like it, it's killing authenticity and it's killing cultures and it's killing, um, you know, ideas. And it's, it's killing fucking being genuine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just... We're, we're going to come out here and we're going to, we're going to fucking, there's going to be smoke and there's going to be these fucking three chord worship songs. And then this guy's going to talk for half an hour. Yeah. That's it. We're done for the week. Like, and it's based in like white supremacy, colonialism ideals. <laughs> so it's like literally changing the world for the worse. The more, the more it touches. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. That's significantly worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny too, how like it, uh, you know, you were talking about like going to that Lutheran school for a bit and, and yeah. how there's like, there's like the segment of Christianity that like, I think a lot of us came from has just like this total like disregard for, for like tradition and, uh, you know, ceremony and, and things like that. And like, I, f I feel like it's, uh, it's so focused around like this individual relationship and this like continually chasing this sort of like transcendent experience of one-on-one, -on -one, you know, uh, like interaction with God that a super egocentric viewpoint to think that the creator of the universe is deeply invested in your sperm, you know, and like this is your entire soul is resting on whether or not you experience sexual pleasure by your wife or by your hand today like this is what you want people to believe is that it's that he's that he cares that much about you but doesn't give a fuck about baby cancer come on what he, he has never been a big fan of my hand let me just tell you that <laughs> i don't know what he has against my hand but he doesn't like it your hand is your cigarettes yeah but, but yeah <laughs> accurate yeah. <laughs> but you can but you can get as much pleasure as you want from your after uh, church meal or you can do whatever you want to your wife for pleasure and that's all fine because that's ordained under the umbrella of patriarchy yeah it's like these activities are okay for releasing serotonin in your brain and these ones are not like at the end of the day it's it's all just like <laughs> It's all just like an M80 of chemicals going off in your yeah, absolutely. But like yeah. this way They're of getting there for every person on earth. And that's something that Chauncey's brought up in episodes for us recently is the fact that, you know, a lot of these like camp 
experiences and um, revival experiences. It, it, they rely on emotional manipulation. Um, but, you know, this these emotions that you feel, like I, I remember going to my first concert when I was 14. I saw the Smashing Pumpkins. And it was the same emotional reaction. You know, it was just something that I loved, that I wanted to be a part of, that I, I was feeling a part of for the first time. So it's just these these emotions, and the church knows how to work on that. The church knows how to manipulate that. So that's what they've become good at, and that's what business is at this point. Yeah, and, well, and they don't know how to maintain it, though. That's that's the thing that like it, because it's not really possible to like <laughs> like you go see the Smashing Pumpkins and have like this just you know like intense emotional experience while you're there, but you buy tickets you know, the next year to go back expecting to replay that same feeling. And like a lot of times you, you don't, right. You know, and like that kind of sucks, but it's just how things work. And like, I feel like, uh, like evangelicalism really like tries to sell this idea that like that emotional high is, is like, that's the end point. That's what you should feel all the time. It's like you should eat cake every meal for every course of that meal. And like, there's no reason you should ever eat anything but cake. Like, uh, you know, after the first like full meal of cake, you're like, I, I feel awful. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know, you, 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 you're made to feel guilty for not wanting to go back and, and chase the cake again. Yeah. but it's yeah. just not substantial enough to sustain you, you know? Mm -mm. Well, that's why you have, like, I, I remember for a good portion of my faith, especially in high school, like I was rededicating quote unquote, rededicating my life every two weeks because it's like, you're just, I, I'm not emotionally stable because I'm a fucking teenager, mm -hmm. but <laughs> at the same time, like I'm, I'm, I'm being made to think that I should be chasing this high consistently this emotional reactional high and so it, if it's not happening for me then it must be my fault because yeah, god man. is faultless you fucked up so i need to rededicate my life every two fucking weeks or every three fucking weeks or every fucking week mm -hmm. so that that's what i was doing at, at olive baptist church in calvary <laughs> chapel it's like i'm just constantly chasing this high thinking that i fucked up and the guilt is on me Mm -hmm. So I need to make the change. Right. Christian camps are common. Like, there's also a lot of, there's also a lot of Christianity that demonizes mental health science and makes it out to be something that it's the pastor's role to do, but he has no training in. Mm -hmm. So then some mm -hmm. guy comes in and was like, actually the Bible says this about it. And people's lives get ruined over trying to follow the advice that doesn't work because it's not based in reality. And it's sad to me how many people think, having a pastor that tells you to buck up a little bit and pray about it is the same as like putting the right chemical formula on your brain and seeing how that works for you. Well, um, did you guys see the thing about um, the legislation in Texas that passed that it, in, to be a school counselor, you could also just be clergy. Now you don't have to have a degree in counseling. Oh, yeah. And uh, in, actually in Florida, uh, the, the military, the military can teach here in Florida. now. Uh, military spouses. Yeah. It's what? crazy. What yes, yes. spouses? Yes, if you're married to, to someone in the military, you're allowed to get a teaching certificate just by asking for it. Yeah, <laughs> that's unreal. 
is right. Hey, hey, he's going to be our president soon, so he's about to make it everyone's fucking yeah, problem. He's about to be your problem too. <laughs> I I like I love how that guy is just like a total corporate jerk off, and yet he's yeah. like continually trying to sell us the idea that he's like a devout evangelical that's really concerned yeah. about like the soul of America. That's like yeah, he's like sponsored by Halliburton. <laughs> it's like bro. <laughs> Did you see that meme how, that was going around? I remember when like he was first video. elected. Like he, he first he, he came out started he started talking about you know maybe we'll legalize marijuana here, you know maybe we'll change things. And then like a week later he was fucking like trying trying to fuck over don't Mickey say, Mouse. Yeah, don't say like, gay. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't well, say gay. Like the- he he came out. He came out trying to like maybe court the liberals, and then he was like, "Nah, fuck it, never mind." And he Strategies. just like went the complete other way. The, the strategists got to him. They're like, you got to set yeah, up exactly. a presidential yeah. run. So we need to believe that you're here to like defeat the, the woke mind virus. The best part about uh, don't say gay is it actually ended up really hurting a lot of conservatives because they can't just call everything gay anymore. And they're just, <laughs> they're just like, ah, oh, fuck. Oh my God. My life is ruined. <laughs> this yeah. is so I can't say yeah, it. You can't. You I, can't do it. I, I actually saw, I, I think it was a Vice article the other day where, um, you know, with all these book burnings and these books being outlawed, I, I think it's Utah. I think Utah, some schools in Utah have banned the Bible. Oh, yeah. Because of sex and violence. Well, yeah. Pe- and I saw that. That was yeah. dope as fuck. Um, yeah. Because it hurt itself in confusion yeah yeah like, yes i love that what a great reference i'm happy for this that's some church of, of uh, that's like some today. satanic temple type stuff yeah we had that we went to i my church had a, a satanic media burning one time and we all had to go through everything we had and find anything that could be considered satanic and my grandparents <laughs> my grandparents wreaked havoc on my poor uh, slightly older teen cousin in the 80s uh, record collection because her white snake and rat and all that all the posters came down and all got burned oh, good lord <laughs> some great posters yeah. In there. oh yeah that's a bummer she would come home and there would be anointing oil all over the foreheads of all of band members <laughs> from from my uncle going in there and touching them uh, it's a like bunch gre- of greasy ass posters like greasy <laughs> Like grease stains on their foreheads where you can see the person on the other side of the magazine. This is like every forehead is a little wrinkly. Yes. yes. <laughs> it, it's got that we spilled water on this and it dried look. Yes. This is real. That's really it. That that's really hilarious. Really that. oh, that's my, my grandpa would fucking use the um, anytime my grades weren't doing well, like nothing to do with like how well I was doing as a person or anything like that. But if my grades dropped below a certain point the only music that i could listen to was whatever christian cds that i had quote unquote christian so i just fucking i was like this well this isn't but this alice in chains this is a christian band and creed is a christian band so i just fucking he had no fucking clue what was christian or what wasn't so I was creed just, counts i'd hand, I'd hand counts. him a handful that i was tired of and then i would just keep this as like oh this is I yeah, watched, these people love the Lord. We were only allowed to listen to Christian music on church trips, and I watched a kid convince the youth pastor that red, red wine was a song about <laughs> communion. <laughs> it was great. He's a salesman. Oh, I like that. Yeah, guy. He loved the Lord. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's why I got into hardcore music. It's because I could only listen to music from the Christian bookstore. And so I didn't want to listen to Petra or praise and worship music. So I got into like MXBX and Goatee Hook and a bunch of those kind of bands and slowly worked my way into like the face down record side of things and started listening to like No Innocent Victim and, uh, you know, uh, fucking Point of Recognition. Everyday that was Life. My, point of that recognition was my was first hardcore yeah, album, Point of Recognition. That green one? Yep, the yeah. green one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. We have a lot in common. Turns out this is our favorite life. segment. This yeah. is where we have guests on that listen to the same music. And then we just shout band names at each other and go, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've we been to every year that for hours. Though. So I've seen, I've seen the whole fucking thing come and go. It's pretty nice. I got to share a stage. My, my very first band that I was in, I got to share a stage with As I Lay Dying before the singer put a hit on his wife. Oh, man. Yeah, that's the first poster right here. Was the first year? Oh, that's awesome! Who's on here? This, Dude, oh, as my Dying favorite was, Christian hardcore band was Few Left Standing for a long time. They're really good. They just scream Bible verse lyrics. Figure four. Figure oh, four. I, I heard. Oh, no, no. Hopesful. I got. I was at one of the corns uh, cornerstone shows where they had a revival at during a Hopesfall show. There you wow. go, cornerstone. Nice. Yeah, I definitely I, heard. Uh, well, what's the two that always preached at their screaming giant, uh, sleeping giant, and uh, the other one? That, oh, it's off! I hate that band. What? What's the guy with the long dreads that would always preach a sermon? I don't remember. I know hmm. what band you're talking about, and it's gonna piss me off that I can't recall. In a song right called Agape, I remember that. That's oh. not Third Root, is it? Oh. Third root. No. No. That's new metal. You're in the new metal. Uh, I have, I have was, I've moved forward. Was it, it was a verb the noun band name, wasn't it? Uh, I, I can't remember. remember. I guess this most is even were, better right? than shouting band names, not remembering. I, yeah. I remember <laughs> I remember hearing that the guy from Tragedy Ann was um getting wow. in, getting in trouble for saying in some magazine article in like charisma or something that you if a kid is like having a cigarette. It's more Christian of you to go up and smoke a cigarette with them than to tell them he shouldn't be smoking. And everybody was all upset about it. I can get, get out. I think. Can't be on goatee records. <laughs> I well, I grew up in Florida, so I was all Chrome Donuts, and I loved uh, Evergreen Terrace. And there were all these like smaller band. I saw Evergreen Terrace on a generator at Cornerstone one time before they were even, it was like yeah. their side project of whatever band they were in at the time. That was my second metal show I ever went to was Evergreen Damn. Terrace. Generator stages were sick. I remember seeing um, uh, Still Remains and August Burns Red on a generator stage wow. and, oh, at, yeah. at um, uh, Purple Door in Pennsylvania before yeah. it was like before they put out any of their first full lengths. Wow, that's just that was just cool. That that was what what we did. The somehow I was in this shitty rap core band right out of high school. This is perfect. I love I'm, hearing I'm this. On this and I I was tragically the rapper. Oh yes. <laughs> um, but we somehow signed to this little record label called Circle Productions in Fort Lauderdale, and they fucking. They took us to Cornerstone. There were like four other emo bands that were signed to this label that we toured with. Um, and we ended up, we went to Cornerstone. We set up a stage, fucking generator stage. 
and we played every day. And then we invited other bands to play. So the only other bands that would really, that were like, I remembered, um, one night we played and then East West played. And then, like I said, as I was dying, played. And that was, that was our whole fucking claim to fame. What's your, what was your band's name? Advocate. Advocate. And are they still, can you still find it? Uh, at one point, you know, I, I, at this point I'm so far beyond it. Like at one point it was soundcloud.com slash advocate music. What so our like electric violin player put that shit on the internet. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. dude, so many good words. <laughs> Is that our electric violin player? <laughs> but I don't, I, I think I tried to look for it recently. I don't know if it's there anymore, but y'all are welcome to go find it. And I have the gruffer sounding voice, the more aggressive voice. No, it's somebody from Cincinnati now. A Cincinnati, Ohio rapper called Advocate. Unless that's you. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> For Today uh, was the band I was trying to think of. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. my new shit. Yeah. For oh, today. fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you guys, do you guys, are you guys fans of David Bazan? I'm assuming to some extent. I, I didn't. Or Pedro the Lion. I, yeah. I actually didn't get into any of that. Like, I didn't get into Pedro when they were doing their thing. I know they ended up kind of coming back not too long ago, putting out a full length. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got into it late and then um, maybe only a few, four years ago was when I finally checked out David Bazan. This is actually the first year of Furnace Fest. Oh, fuck. Yeah, man. Oh, living sacrifice. That one jumped Strong out. arm, Juliana theory, Zayo, slick shoes, blindside, blindside, Shia Fucking yeah, wish I was going to Furnace Fest this year. I can't I swing it. Again. Oh shit! Sorry. This might be the first year I go. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But I brought up David Bazan because he like. Um, I don't think I would be doing this podcast without him. To be to be fair, like he he put out Curse Your Branches, mm-hmm. and it it was this big shift, honestly, toward agnosticism. So that kind of stirred I think everything for me to really fucking move away from, or at least start questioning some of the things and systems I'd been raised in. Yeah. That, so. that album did a lot for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Cause it was, it was angsty, but it was genuine and it was from an insider. It just kind of hit the right, all the right notes for it to, to do what it needed to do for people. It Absolutely, it you know, it's album. like fucking. Um, it's still good. Oh, it's still fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, uh, you know, you hear it for the first time, and even if you have a few questions about Christianity, to hear someone put out into the world thoughts that you've had on, on a large medium, it you know, it just it, it helps you to kind of emerge from whatever bubble you found yourself in. Mm-hmm. So that that album was fucking big for me. I, I feel like that's it. how all meaningful, like, like for the most part, that's how any like meaningful shift happens when you're really invested in a in an ideology. Is like mm-hmm. it takes someone you trust from a mutual point of like experience, challenging the line that mm-hmm. that you've never known anybody to challenge before and like yeah. 
that person like kind of shifts your window enough for you to step outside the box and, and rethink some things. And like, I don't know. That's it's uh, like, if you're a, it's like if you're a rat in an experimentation tank or something and you see the rat step over the fence, you've never gone close to cause you know, there's a little shock people and nothing happens to it. You're like, hold on now. Yes. Like, it feels, <laughs> yeah. It feels like that. You're like, hold up. He did it. Now what? I love that analogy. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that when I, when I, lost my virginity when I, when I lost my virginity there was a rat i actually I, I went back to being that little fifth grader in the van i'm like am i about to die am i about to fucking die right now Jake, and i, I didn't the cheese. long story short i didn't have you seen bo is afraid have you guys seen this? yes <laughs> <laughs> no what is it it's uh, one of Ari Aster's, Ari Aster's new movie with Joaquin Phoenix where he's all weird and goes through all those phases or whatever. It is. It's fantastic. It's a mushroom trip of a movie. It just is hard to understand what's going on at the end. You're a little mad you watched it, but also crying. <laughs> it does a very good job of uh, portraying anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, it did a very, very, very good job of putting that on film somehow. Yeah. I, I don't really understand it, but I felt anxious for three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a long movie. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, it is very. It's so confusing. Uh, how? Where did you guys? How did you guys get connected? I feel like that's the part we're missing here. And oh, we knew and, each other. We we knew each other from like the music scene slightly, just a little bit from going to shows. I used to book shows, and he used to be at shows and and be in shows, doing so, rap rock. Yeah, you book his <laughs> rap rock enough. band. That's it. Let's just. Uh, so let's turn it back a little bit. Let's turn it back. Honey, bring, <laughs> my bring my shell toes and my cargo shorts in here. I'm wearing stockings down here. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so, so we kind of knew each other through the music scene loosely, and then um, eventually, I ended up tattooing him and his old tattoo artist slash friend, best friend at the time, and did a couple of tattoos on them. And down the road, I moved away from Pensacola and eventually came back. And he, his ex-wife was somebody that I was friends with when I had moved away. So we were kind of linked together through these associations. And he came and started getting his um, torso worked on, getting it tattooed. And we started working on that and talking a lot. And... I actually had a, I had a short stint where I had some trouble with the law. And I, while I was dealing with this, um, I read To Kill a Mockingbird for the first time in many, many years. Um, so I thought I want to make this a chest piece, some sort of not, not just a dedication to the book, but a dedication to this time of my life where it's like, I've, I've been divorced now and I've, you know, ha gone through this period of my life, this season of my life. I'd like to fucking solidify it somehow and end it. Um, so I went to Chauncey and asked him for this chest piece. And then as he was doing it after he did it, you know, I started to realize like how big of an impact literature's had on my life. Um, so I wanted to continue that journey. So he just kept doing literary tattoos on me. So I've got to kill a mockingbird. I have a Vonnegut piece. I have a Steinbeck piece and animal farm. Yeah, Animal, I have fucking Orwell, Urban I've got Melville, uh, The Great Gatsby, and, you know, we're, we're going to fucking keep going. So, but that's how our cool. relationship really blossomed, because yeah. I spent a lot of time fucking on his table. Um, and one day he was just like, you know, we should 
do you want to do a well, podcast yeah, yeah. with me? I think that just kind of came yeah, out. Yeah, I think we were talking. We knew he's got a bunch of Christians, ha- Christian tattoos, and I have this. I don't know if you can see this bad boy right here. This Jesus. Oh, face. that's a big that Jesus one. face. <laughs> so I, I've got a bunch of Jesus uh, tattoos too. So it was kind of a common theme. We were talk. I would talk about it every now and then. And then one day I was just like, "Do you still believe in God?" And he was like, "I don't. I don't know. No, I don't." know and i was like do you want to start a podcast to talk about it because i've always badgered people with my atheism talk and i would much rather just have somewhere that i can like put my thoughts down with someone and not have to worry about offending someone because this is my fucking podcast about not believing in god don't listen to it It, you know so i i I was just looking for a way to get my uh, energy out of my brain that i've just been you know i've been holding on to i'm 45 now and I've been atheist since I was probably like 25, but I've also been tattooing full time since then. And like, so it's been, there hasn't been a lot of time to like process it all while I was going through it. So I finally just wanted to sit down and be like, what do I believe is like complete junk? And what do I actually like really believe in? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was up until like two or three years ago, I was still, I would still say like, yeah, Jesus is totally a real person. He's just, you know, maybe wasn't as, and now that I've looked more and more into it, I'm like, there's like nothing on Jesus except for the Bible. And other than that, there's like the, the, as far as like secular history goes, there's like one J name that like kind of pops up a little bit that talks about somebody, but it's like so little information outside of the actual canonized Bible that I was just like, I have to like shut down. And it was kind of, it was kind of weird because I, I would, I, I don't think I would have considered doing a podcast for a long time. I had never thought about it. And it was weird because like I, I started consecutively listening to three different podcasts and they were all this kind of similar style of like one straight man kind of, you know, just doing research He's and telling straight. this story. And then it's like there's another person reacting to the story with jokes or, or whatever. Um, and then I have uh, one of my friends on Twitter was like, you know, you, you make all these jokes all the time. Maybe you should start a podcast. Maybe you should consider that like three fucking days later, Shauncey was like, do you want to do a podcast with me? Mm-hmm. And it, it, if I believed in God, I would God. have said yeah, yeah. that was God. <laughs> I was see, that, is, that is a total God thing. Hey, can, can, I, can I ask you guys a question? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever had something that's like challenged your atheism from your past that you kind of hold on to, but I have this thing that happened to me one time and I want to tell you about it. Cause it's, insane to me so one time i was i was at youth group talking to these to a bunch of people and we were just having an open discussion and i was like i just don't understand why if like god is like could create things and make whatever like why don't he why doesn't he ever just like pop a new planet out there and make something new you know like why why not why this stuff is that's already here is just stuck in this old solar system literally that night i went home and turned on the news and the first story I saw was an announcement that they had found a new planet that was near Pluto or whatever, that was like an ice planet or something. It was like during that whole thing. And and it was the same day I had talked about how come God doesn't make new planets anymore. And <laughs> that thing has always fucked with my head. And that kept me a Christian so long that mm-hmm. that coincidence. And I finally had to have faith that coincidence happens that like I can't base my entire lifestyle off of a, a insane coincidence like that. But have you guys had something like that happen? Man, I, for me, it's been a lot. Um, it's a lot less existential than that, but I would, I don't even, 
Well, I don't have atheism to challenge. I feel like post, I generally keep with like the post Christian thing. It's not really yeah. Christian, but I find it a good, like in the sense that like, I don't think anything that I believe aligns with Orthodox or traditional Christianity in any sense. Um, yeah. But I still find the stories in, uh, in the implications of um, Jesus compelling and yeah. worth yeah my time they don't have to be worth anyone else's um and you could find another way to ground yourself uh if that's what you want but um yeah my favorite i live i live my life by first corinthians 6 12 like everything is permissible for me but not everything is beneficial you know once that clicked in my head i was like i can do whatever i want but it's not good for me i should just do things that are good for me yeah i mean yeah and and that's what's also what's so funny is like how tripped up on legalism some as people in christianity get with something like that and yeah when you bring that up they like they're like well what that meant that and then it's like this like you watch the short circuit happen before your eyes because they have to come up with ways that yeah. you're not allowed to do things still and you're just like bitch this isn't right. what this fucking says uh it's but, either we it's either we trust paul or we don't trust paul yeah that and point. i so generally like, I'm, I'm like indifferent towards him i just also <laughs> it's so much of what's attributed to him is like obviously not it's just like yeah. obviously not um and that's a different thing and if you want to listen to an episode we did on first timothy you can go ahead and hit a couple episodes back but um it's a sucky book yeah it's terrible it's absolute horseshit and shouldn't be that's the one they tell everybody to read if you're young that's like the young person book yeah Yeah. it needs to be like discontinued really worry like watch out for you know fake widows yeah (laughs) don't let those fake widows steal your money they just want attention their husband's not dead Fake widows. Fake, fake, is that like the uh, fucking? Is that a real definition? Psychic but... network. Well, we, get in here and learn how to be a fake widow, so I don't have to work anymore. <laughs> um, no, there's a lot of things that I felt like for a long time validated my experience. Some of it, I mean, I've had some deeply spiritual experiences that are unshakable. Um, yeah. I look at them differently now, but I do. Uh, it does allow me to entertain the concept of a mystery in our universe um yeah yeah that you can tap into but not quite understand so i i I do i've had several like whoa like moments in my life that i i i I don't don't have time to get into now but man um and even yeah i I just i they are unshakable um experiences that make me feel like at the very least there is like you know, interconnectedness between Energy. humans that gets lost and misplaced. Um, and even jumping back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's just like the, that, that manufactured feeling that Christianity gives you, I think, uh, and that that's not unique to Christianity. You mentioned that's big business. That's, I mean, that's everything. Everything's capitalism. Uh, if it's free, you're the product like Twitter. It's like, it's free. And it's like, but no, people are making money off of your scrolling. Like if, if it's free, you're the product. And Mm, I think we're just kind of like, you get lost in that bullshit manufactured universe, but occasionally you like, really tap into these truly authentic human experiences with other people, even if they're strangers, it could, even if it's at a concert and you Mm -hmm. just feel like you're like 
connected to the person next to you or mm-hmm. um whatever i mean i've just i mean i to me the the short like real like 10 second version is like when i was in because of my like because of being so christian in college and wanting to live out those ideals um my wife and i ended up um over the course of years uh met this woman who ended up going to jail when she got out of jail she didn't have a place to live her whole life was a disaster she was an addict since she was 13 like and she moved in with us when she got out of jail and that was like we just did that till we could get her on her feet and it was a nightmare of an experience but i had like this moment where i like walked out of my room and saw her sitting on the couch and I just looked at her face and I didn't, it just didn't feel human. It, it was like this divine experience with this person. Um, yeah. And I was like, fuck man, if that's not the face of God, I don't know what is. Um, and even not necessarily believing in a typical idea of what God is. I still look back on that and say that moment changed my life. That moment made me feel like no matter who you're talking to or, um, what they've done that they matter and that they have value um, even when yeah. you don't feel yeah. like they do. So I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of moments I've had where I'm like, God damn, like that those stuck with me, no matter what my shifts are yeah. and what my, like what my stated beliefs are. I feel like, like my, I guess my spirit or soul is somehow aligned with the same things that made me feel like this life matters. Uh, yeah. Even now. Yeah. You'll probably get into atheist heaven. Have you heard about atheist heaven? <laughs> you can jerk off in that heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a theory that, um, <laughs> like, Christianity is such a problem that that this world is a simulation to see if you believe in Christianity or not before you can progress to the next consciousness where Christianity <laughs> has been outlawed. So this is the filter that squishes Christianity out of people. And uh, I, I don't know if you guys know, but you can jerk off now. Oh yeah. Oh, I've been doing it this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not like right now, but shit. Wait, you guys have been doing it. Why didn't you tell me? I could have been doing it too. Yeah. I talk with your hands yet. too much. I do. I, uh, that's true. My hands are busy. Oh my God. Casey. Yeah, I got nothing. You guys, any, Casey uh, doesn't think about this shit. No. <laughs> Casey doesn't I think really, about jerking off. You don't think about jerking off? Oh yeah, well I think about jerking off. They don't have any uh deep spiritual experiences. Yeah. Uh what about you? You ever had any? I actually uh I was thinking about this while you guys were talking, and mine is uh pretty brutal and it was brutal to get over, but when my grandma died, um mm. she was uh incoherent for a long time. She would just kind of stare off into nothing and, and babble for hours on end. Um, but the morning she died, she had not made eye contact with anyone for a long time. She, they put this, uh, medication to her IV and she keeled over dead for like a minute and a half. And then she pops back up, makes eye contact with my grandfather and says, I just saw Jesus Christ. And then she died. God damn. That was tough. That was a tough hurdle to get over to for me to mm. say i you know i don't think there's anything out there that that was a tough one yeah. and i still don't know if i'm entirely over that that's why i i land on agnostic um but I, you yeah that that was a rough experience not i mean i don't know if it was a rough experience interesting 
experience, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that too. Cause it's like, you don't want to invalidate how she felt in that moment. Right. By being like, that's not real grandma. Right. You know, <laughs> but she will yeah. haunt my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, she said, stop masturbating. <laughs> She makes eye contact with my grandpa. And she's like, "Tell Jason Tell to Jason stop, stop jerking off." She just, I wakes just up. Jesus, all that. And he said that Sean's he's still smoking. She wakes up, makes eye contact with her grandpa. And she's like, "I've been cheating on you for twenty years," and then dies. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, what thank God, I have cool. two. Uh, there's something about there's something something morbid within me that desperately wants to leave some clue to nothing when I die, and I'm just like having to really fight fight the urge so I don't drive poor Chloe crazy. <laughs> it's like it's like a scavenger hunt, but you leave two clues, and then like the second one, there you never left the third, and you just fuck them up for the rest of their lives. <laughs> the, the day after, I show up with a shovel, and I'm like, yeah. "Come on, Chloe, let's go. Let's find it." He left instructions. Whoa. <laughs> oh my god I don't, I don't assume that I'm gonna outlive I actually, you <laughs> I actually do have a note on my phone for Chloe that's like a list of uh, like all the things I want her to know that I want to and if, if, if I ever go I would just it's just like a message to her oh yeah that's sweet. I have a, I have that's one nice. that I just say give my dog some food yeah <laughs> All right. I don't know who it's addressed I, to because I don't have any. I, I will. In my life. Thank <laughs> I'll <you>. do it. <laughs> Mine just says, I don't care what anyone says. I didn't sign up to be an organ donor. That's what mine says. <laughs> Regardless want, of what my ID says. I want extra organs when I die. Bury me with other people's Very organs. Like a, like a <laughs> yeah. There's a jar with a heart in it. So Could have gone to somebody, but didn't. <laughs> I don't want anyone benefiting off of these organs. Yeah, mine's just, I didn't die. I'm being harvested for my organs. It's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a note that says like I want all of your uh, life insurance payout money from me buried in my casket with me. Yeah. <laughs> I took this bill. policy out so it would be buried with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh bury, me bury me with all my framed art. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but I have like thousands of framed things in my between my shop and my house. I've been framing stuff for literally my whole tattoo career, so it's excessive. Yeah, these 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 heads back here, this is small potatoes. <laughs> I see. Yeah, you're gonna run out of wall real estate. Oh, it's yeah, we're redoing everything. So right now there's that's why I keep being able to pull stuff up, but we're like behind us is this huge Lebowski wall that's all the only one that's like actually finished in here. But yeah, me and my wife have been redoing the rooms by theme. So it's all, we've been shuffling art around for a couple of months now. It'll get done. That's done. In my room, I have a Wilco poster. <laughs> there we uh, go. <laughs> no bed. <laughs> just, no, just a Wilco poster the, on the floor. He there's, sleeps on. There's a lazy boy, a TV, and a Wilco poster. <laughs> A mattress with no box spring or bed frame. <laughs> Chilling. Jurgen, Jurgen's a tissue. I have, to, I have to push all the air out every morning, and then I have to reinflate it every night before I go to bed. <laughs> the warped wooden floors cause you tons of back pain. 
<laughs> Divorcee stuff. I live in my car. <laughs> and with, Coffee with the a- same cup I immediately poured Diet Coke into for the rest of the day. I, like, I live in my car with a, a hose going from the tailpipe into my uh, through the window. <laughs> And, you know, I wake up every morning and I'm still here. So I guess it's meant to be. I've conditioned myself to live off of CO2. (laughs) Every time my eyes open, I just say, ah, fuck. You grew up there in the of just like finishing your coffee and being like, well, Diet Coke. (laughs) (laughs) That's every fucking morning. You're the pinnacle of human evolution simply because you adapted to breathe CO2. <laughs> exactly. And I'm living off of coffee, Diet Coke, and fucking Campbell's soup. <laughs> it's the like Campbell's a goofy movie, movie when he uh, I don't just opens it. I don't want to get ahead of myself. The botulism. <laughs> don't eat the ones with the dents. <laughs> uh, uh, divorce. Oh, my oh, God. Dude, well, this, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Very glad yeah, to have you Thanks for having us on. We appreciate it. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, what, uh, tell people where they can find. I mean, obviously, search Heretic Social Club on any podcast platform. I'm sure. Where can they find you guys on uh, social media and stuff? I'm at Shauncey. That's I managed to get my username on almost everything. <laughs> Whenever something new comes out, I run to it and put my first name in as a username. So I, I if you need to get a hold of me, I'm Shauncey at Gmail, and I'm at Shauncey on Instagram. I noticed that about your email. I'm like, this is the equivalent of having like Steve at It's, I mean, and I don't know there. Shanzi wasn't a hugely popular name, but it's growing in popularity. And I'm like the only white male Shanzi. There's a lot of other colors and a lot of other genders of Shanzi, but no white males that I know of. Really I got that one tied down. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. Got that one and the most forward. famous Shanzi, as far as I could tell. Uh, as, as far as the podcast goes, um, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at Heretic Social. And that's it. Just no club, just at, at Heretic Social. Um, for me, uh, mine is at Benedict's Red. I was in a band called Benedict's Red Bandana. And I had I carried around this red bandana that I was going to say was blessed by Pope Benedict. <laughs> At the time, it was a stupid fucking gimmick. I get it. But uh, for whatever reason, now at Benedict's Red has remained my tag on social media. So you can find me there. <laughs> Excellent. Well, everybody follow the guys on social media. Check out their show, Heretic Social Club. And uh, we will see you next time.